And finally, welcome back to 216 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex. My name's Paul. And if you guys missed us, well, guess what? We missed you too. Let's get into it. Hey, Alex, what's going on, man? How you doing today, brother? I'm pretty good. I'm a little, a little tired, you know? A little, a little early. Yeah, I'm a little sweepy, wiping the sleep out of my eyes. But uh, no, I'm I'm pretty good. Um, just getting warmed up here, trying to remember how to do this. It's only been like yeah, two, two fucking weeks, man. Good Lord. Um, yeah, no, but how are you doing? Tired. Just got off work. Yeah, I know. You're staying up. I got up early and you're staying up. So, yeah. Sacrifice. Don't ever for, question our dedication. Yeah, media media sacrifice <laughs> to break the hard hitting <laughs> news. I will say, yeah. I was surprised. I understood your intro, but I really thought it was going to be like if your favorite baseball team did absolutely fuck nothing at the trade deadline, then you're in the right spot. But I think it's important to let everybody know that we miss them because we did. Yeah, probably. Well, we're going to talk about the uh, trade deadline stuff. And I, I, me and you have very different opinions on this. Yeah, I don't mind it. I, I guess yeah. we just get right into it. Yeah. So the Guardians did essentially nothing. We made a trade for Ian Hamilton from the Twins and they got Sandy Leone. So they wanted another backup catcher. Sandy Leone was obviously at AAA for us because we was DFA'd him and then assigned him. Um, yeah. And Ian Hamilton's having a good year. 28 and two-third innings, 1.88 ERA, 36 strikeouts in 28 and two-third innings, solid, and a .84 whip. So honestly, what I said is go out there and get a bullpen arm, and that's what we did. Yeah, but he's a minor leaguer, so that doesn't yeah. really count. No, but... but- uh, he's it 27 count for right now, but yeah. So that is the only thing that we did. Um, and yeah, I mean, do you want to go first or, um, I mean, I said it on Twitter, like on my personal account that, that I didn't expect us to do anything. I, I really, truly didn't. Uh, I mean the whole Sean Murphy thing, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm on record as a Austin Hedges stand, but uh, I don't know. We have a highly uh, of a prospect that we see highly of that's projected to come up next year. Um, and Sean Murphy's coming into his first year of ARB after this year. So didn't like it. He's going to get paid. Uh, and I don't see us shelling out the money for it. Now, what I, what I want to preface all of this by saying is I said this during the off season when we didn't do a lot. And I still think it's true just because nothing happened. Doesn't mean the front office didn't try to make anything happen. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? We don't know what was going on. We don't know what who they called. They don't know what type of deals they were trying to make. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, it could be a number of things. They could have just not offered anything that Oakland wanted. I'll, I'm going to... I, we're going to use the Sean Murphy thing as an example because that's what everyone was most looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Oakland isn't looking for middle infield prospects, which is pretty much what yeah, we have to offer. With, you know what I mean? And, and yeah, the, you go the, to one of our big three prospects like Valeris, we know yeah. Williams, you're getting a middle infielder. You know what I mean? And maybe maybe people aren't looking for middle infielders. Just because nothing happened doesn't mean the front office didn't try. Now, you can say they could have offered more, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's always these futures. But the reality of it is, is we didn't make we Nothing happened besides the Sandy Leone thing. Which um, isn't a trade. <laughs> like, it yeah. is, but it's just you know a what technicality. I mean? it, doesn't affect, it doesn't affect anything for this year. Um. My biggest thing is right now we're winning games. You know what I mean? We're winning yeah. games with a very young team. We're doing a lot better than we thought we would. The prospects that we've called up so far this year have panned out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I am okay with us not shelling out people right now. Because everything's been clicking. Everything's been working. So what's to say? I mean, we are going to have to do something in the offseason because all these Rule 5 guys. But stuff works. The the team's clicking right now. The team's that we're everything seems to be coming up guards. That that would be a fire name for a podcast. Um, yeah, that is actually. As soon as you <laughs> said it, I was like, I have chills. Yeah. But everything's like you know what I mean. Things have been well. Like yeah, we've we've been what just over five hundred over the past like two weeks. I think like over the past we faced some good teams, so it's yeah. fun. And like I, I am happy where where we're at. Everyone's like on Twitter is frustrated. Like even in the group chat, that's why I said what I, like in our group chat. I was like I. People are like, oh, I'm done with this team. Like, this year's a wash. Obviously, they don't care. That's not it at all. Yeah, you know that's an I mean? overreaction. I don't feel it's, that way at all. It's We're a lot better than I, I thought we were going to be. We're better than I think anyone thought we were going to be. We're a game behind the division and a game out of a wild card right now. In a yeah. very like in a very strong wild card race. Yeah. we're And we're a game out. Yeah. Now Minnesota made some made some deals, and Minnesota's going to get they got a lot better. But uh, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm okay. Like I don't, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm. It would have been. I would have liked for us to go get a actual bullpen arm, or or a fifth relief or fifth starter because Savali's been hurt. I think that's why Plesac ended up not going because Savali is, is still hurt. Um, but yeah, and I was okay with us actually not um trading uh police act, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I one when the rumors were going around, it felt weird. I was like, yeah, starting pitching but, is going to be at a high, but I we didn't ever get the chance to talk about it. But you know, I tweeted it out a little bit, but 
it just felt weird. And I'm I'm not in love with the guy, as you know. Yeah. But, I mean, he's kind of our fifth starter. And it's like, we don't really have depth right now. We're like a year behind. Exactly. It's not like the next wave are here and ready to step in. And you're like, hell but yeah, flip them if someone wants to overpay. Like, it's, you know. We, we're, what, 12 hours, just over 12 hours out of the uh, deadline. And I'm chilling. I'm fine. I'm 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 happy. Like I, I like obviously it would have been cool to go get a big piece. You know what I mean? It, it yeah. would have been cool to to make an argument with the Padres for Juan Soto to go under. Like it it would have been awesome. But yeah. I I I've said it on a lot of episodes. I love where this team's at. I love this team. I love the extension with Jose. I love Josh Naylor's energy. I love. Austin Hedger's leadership behind the plate, the way our rotation's been been working. I, I love Miles Straw's comeback from his abysmal two months or month and a half, however long it was. That was Steven, pretty bad. <laughs> Steve, yeah, Stephen Stephen Kwan's rise. Uh, Nolan Jones coming up here and balling out for the past month. Oscar Gonzalez coming up and balling out for a month before he got hurt. Last night when he got a hit, sorry to yeah. cut you off. Did you hear that they played the jellyfish jam? Uh-huh. Yeah, I fucking, I literally heard it in the <laughs> and, other. Like and, I was like walking around giving Everett a bath, and it was on in the background. And I stopped and I was like, "Do I hear the jellyfish jam <laughs> after he got off base?" Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, do 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 do." And then, um, like Andres Jimenez has come back this year. Ahmed's been fun to watch. No, Andres Jimenez is popping the fuck off that's what i'm saying his comeback like last year was you obviously asked me a what down his, year but like you asked me what his ops is it's higher his, than you think what's his ops take a guess at what you think his OPS why don't we is wait right for now? when we talk about it later in the episode i know but i want to poop my pants he's got uh, an 864 ops oh, 864 that's holy nuts shit. though holy shit for the year what the fuck yeah but <laughs> like i am content with this team i love where this team's at and I, I love the people that we put out there every day. And, and I think that's fair. It, I, I mean, I, that's, that's a fair take, but here's, here's where I feel. Okay. I'm just disappointed. You know, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed kind of thing. So by the way, I, I want to apologize. Th- My neighbor is doing a bunch of yard work. So if you guys hear, <laughs> 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 he's not part of a motorcycle gang yeah. it's just yeah. landscaping <laughs> so two things can be true at once you know we can love this team and be really happy with it and be disappointed and want it and i and i think you i know you know that's true but i'm not so mad that i'm out on the team or anything and the people on twitter that are like this team doesn't fucking care i don't i don't think that's true at all i just am annoyed that they sit on their hands i said something like if our front office worked in sales they would die they would starve off their commission checks and that's me being a little snarky but it's also because we always just seem close enough and we're not getting it over the hump and so an article came out well i'll get into that in a second so it's just disappointing because you got a bunch of young guys we are that was really loud holy yeah, shit right outside my window <laughs> holy shit so um god damn that threw me off that was so loud Hold so on, I'm mute. you got you yeah you're going on mute so we got a group of guys that are super young that are playing out of their mind and we have had so many things click and that is amazing everything like you said is coming up guards trademark that 
conversely, like we said with the roll five, we have a 40 man that is bursting at the seams. It is bursting. And you got a bunch of big guys that we have to protect that. Like there's no, like we'll yeah. see if we can sneak them through roll five. Like we have to protect them this fall. And so we have to then make a move in the, in, you know, in the winter and other teams are going to know that we have to, and we're going to be desperate because we're not going to lose guys like Bo Naylor. We're not going to lose guys like Espino. I think Williams might uh, Williams might not yet be uh, Zavion Curry. I don't I think, think is Bo Naylor be on is either. The no, Bill Naylor's one hundred percent on the roll five. Like he is the the big piece for next year, which we'll add him to the forty man. That's not a question. I really, Maybe I, he's he, gone. I because I thought yeah, one hundred percent positive that Naylor is part of Damn. that. So, but we'll drop Bailey off the forty man, so that's fine. Oh but yeah, other is, other teams is Lava then Cita know, still on our forty man. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he is. So. We'll see what happens with, uh, you know, in the offseason. But anyway, so teams now know and have a little leverage against us because they're going to look and be like, yo, Cleveland's got to get rid of these players. And it's just frustrating, too, because part of it is we're a game out in the wild card in the division. You need playoff experience and you need this. This year is not some magical run. You get into the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. We all agree yeah. on that. Do I really think we're going to stand up to the Astros or Yankees? Absolutely not. But getting playoff I don't, experience this for these year, young guys, especially with the moves New York's made, I don't think anyone in the world yeah, is standing I, up to the Yankees. I yeah, I feel the same way. But the young kids. Think about the experience, right? One, bolstering the clubhouse. Yeah. Not only are you taking care of... I'm, there's so many things that go into this. Sorry. I'm trying not to be in a million directions. We roster, you know, roster consolidation that we have to for the Rule 5 and just using our prospects because we've got so many of them. Bolstering this team and giving them confidence of, hey, you guys are playing great. Do I want rentals? No. I've been on record. I don't want rentals. I don't really care. But there were a ton of guys with a year and a half, two and a half years of control that make the team better now. And cool, maybe we don't make the playoffs, but they're going to be around for next year, too. So you also send a message to the clubhouse of like, guys, you're fucking kicking ass. We have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. We are stuffed with talent, and we all couldn't believe we didn't make a move in the offseason. Now they didn't do it on the trade deadline either. And you could bolster that clubhouse and say, yeah, guys, cool. You know, we're not going to push it all in. We're going to be responsible, but this guy's going to be around next year too. Let's let's go for it. And then you hope that you can get them very realistically. I think we have over 40% playoff odds. Get them into the playoffs. And there is nothing that you can do that is more valuable well, I, than getting think, all these guys hang on okay. that are that are barely can buy alcohol experience in the bright lights even if we get 3-0 in the playoffs getting them getting Nolan Jones Andres Jimenez people like that experience in the bright lights with all the national media all the pressure even if we got 3-0 and everybody strikes out every time that experience when we're trying to go forward in 2023 would be huge it doesn't mean we're suddenly going to be killers in the playoffs next year but you can't buy that and then there's the revenue factor Getting into the playoffs automatically makes you a shit ton of money. Yeah. And like people argue, and I think they're lying a little bit, but I've heard kind of MLB people say that you kind of break even as an organization. And then if you make the playoffs, it's all pure profit. I think that's a little propaganda, but I could see it being roughly true that, you know, you get a shit ton of cash yeah. when you get to the playoffs. So it's just disappointing that. All these reasons, right? That like you couldn't even well, go let, get let a me, I want to say something up to, to that point, right? Yeah, you're fine. So 
you you have to remember who's on our team right now, right? So Jose has playoff experience. Naylor and Hedges both have playoff experience from when they were at the Padres. Obviously, they didn't play that much, but they were on the roster. They were there at the games. They they were in the dugouts. You know what I mean? Straw has seen yeah. it. Uh, Ahmed has seen it. Straw has not been in the playoffs at With all. With Houston? I guess he might have. He might Houston have has made the ALCS the past like four years. Yeah, 40 years. Yeah, like four years, and we got him last year. There's no way he did it. Yeah, he might have been part of that. He was like in and out, though. Yeah, I, yeah, he, he might have, but I think I don't know that he made the rosters. I'm, I honestly don't because I watched the playoffs, you know what I mean? And I never remember Straw being there. And I know that last year was kind of his first real year for the half season. Mm-hmm. So I actually don't know that I would count Straw on that, but I'm not trying to split Harris. I'm uh, sorry. Like, so. Like there's people on this team that have seen playoff experience, and you're also I don't know for Ahmed has. I think he did when, when he was with New York. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but you're also forgetting who our head coach is. Like that. Yeah, he's one of two a World Series. Yeah, so that has a lot to do. Maybe two. Maybe two. Two two thousand. Maybe four in two thousand seven. Maybe. Uh, maybe one or two but he was also here when we made it to the world series in 16 so was uh sandy and so uh like the coaching staff has a lot to do with it making sure those guys are ready and obviously they're not playing in the games but yeah i would push back on that a little bit in that i agree with you so i don't want you to think i'm saying bullshit but game calling is huge in the playoffs, right? So obviously Brian Shaw for multi-inning is what Tito's going to do. And I'm going to fucking punch my TV. But on the other end, they're they're not playing either. And you got to get those guys in front of those lights. Now, do we have the guy at the helm for it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I want Tito running us through the, pl- the, the yeah. postseason. But Owen Miller, Andres Jimenez, I don't think Ahmed ever has. Straw, I wouldn't really count on that one. Oscar Gonzalez, Nolan yeah. Jones. I mean, uh, Stephen Kwan, I mean, all our, I mean, most of the team, let's just not, uh, you know, the bullpen guys, uh, Bieber's pitched in one rate, but McKenzie hasn't. I don't think Polisak has. I don't think Savali has, you know, fifth starter. I I don't know. It, that, that experience would be so good. So I think Polisak pitched in a playoff game in during the COVID season, didn't he? I don't know. I don't think so. We got three owed or two owed. We got two owed in that yeah. COVID season. So it, I think it was Bieber and I don't remember the second Cookie? guy. No, he was. Yeah. Bieber. Now we had moved him. Now we had moved him. No, he he moved after the COVID season. I thought because we, we, he was in the trade now with Lindor we, and Lindor was there during the COVID season. Was he? Yeah. That was the year because so, remember we we kind of talked about it. We were like he kind of just gave the fuck up during the COVID season. Yeah, because last year was his first year with New York. Why does it feel like it was going to be? I'm just looking at the. It, it, it very well could not have been Cookie. That's just the first player that came to my mind that it could have been. Nope. Yeah, January seventh, twenty twenty one is when it happened. No, you got it right. But yeah, maybe it was. I don't know who pitched it. I was just saying oh. yeah, it was that season, but. Anyway, drawing it all back, you know, there was an article from Zach Meisel last night at like 10 o'clock, 10 or 11. And 
his sentiment was kind of mine and a lot of Guardians Twitter. And he toes the line, but he does a good job of also kind of calling the team out a little bit with the athletic. It's it's worth every penny. Once a year, you can get the athletic for like a dollar for an entire year, like a dollar a month. So do that the next time that deal comes around. It's a no brainer to read Zach's work. And they said, yeah, we were in on the Guardians and they wanted one of Valera Williams or a and we didn't want to. The the A's oh, really? wanted one of the big three. Yeah. And so I'm okay with that. I'm just okay with happen. them not saying that sending one of those three over there. Yeah, and I am too. I don't really want to give up one of those either. But I also get frustrated because you and Quincy talked me down a little bit, but I'll stand by this a little bit and then I'll also be reasonable. I'm frustrated. Because you tell as deep as our farm is, you're telling me you couldn't put something else together. It's kind of like one of those things that you can have. You can get to you can get to a certain yeah, number. I'm, a couple I'm different sure you ways. could. I mean, everyone has has everyone has a price. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and you're telling me we. I'm going to say this right now with there? with as good as Zach is. Right, he doesn't know everything. Yeah. No, he doesn't. I'm saying, we don't even. We don't know. know if they counter offered with like, okay, we're not going to give you one of those three. How about we give you two of these other guys? You know what I mean? We don't know if they did that. Yeah, they made a bunch of offers. Yeah. He said, and I mean, he's pretty connected. But I get what you're saying. But I just get frustrated because you know Quincy was saying. To be fair, they may have just been like, we're not that motivated to move him. So like you have to give us one of those yeah. and we're not going to play ball. You can't, you can't negotiate with a brick wall. Like it, it sounds like we made a couple offers, but if they were like, no, we are fine to hold them. You can't exactly. make someone make a deal. And I get that. But I, the track record of the last nine or 10 months is rightfully so to be a little frustrated that like, can we just get one over the fucking line? Like, can we please just get one over the line? All we keep hearing is, well, we were in and pretty deep, but we were second best or, you know, we just couldn't get it. And it's like, holy shit. Like, eventually we got to pull the trigger. I do think they're a little trigger shy. This this specific deal might have just been that Oakland crossed their arms yeah. and said, like, nah, dog, kick you're giving rocks. us one of those or like, yeah, kick rocks. But there is enough of these where it's like. You are just tri- part of this has to be being trigger shy. Eventually, you got to go for it. Like you got to lean in and do it. the The fact that we didn't get a single reliever that like a big lefty reliever that we need, maybe to add to Henches or even a righty. Yeah. I don't really care when like Andrew Chafin was out there and everybody thought he would move from the Tigers and he didn't. And Jorge Lopez went to the Twins, and I'm fine that we didn't do anything with him, but the return was pretty reasonable we could have eased i mean we can match anything yeah like just to be clear like no but we can match anything and then tyler maley was a big name with a year and a half left of control i think at least a year and a half with the reds starter he'd be a number two number three starter for us we all kind of pegged him we're like this is a guy him and pablo lopez from miami like you get one of those there's your number three starter and let's fucking go for it and the twins got him (laughs) like and it's like, bro, come on. Like, we're in the package didn't seem that unreasonable. I'm not an expert on, you know, um, on minor league comps and things like that. There are people that are way smarter than I am for stuff like that. But th- it didn't look wild what it took to get Tyler Maley. And that's the scenario where you not only bolster what we need right now, but then next year we're good yeah. to go. You know, he's on our rotation. We got another year. Let's go for it. And so I didn't want rentals. I was fine with that. Wilson Contreras, 
is bad is amazing, but I've heard prior to this was in Meisel's article. I've heard prior to this that, you know, the defense really isn't good. It's not terrible. It's not great. Game calling is a huge issue, which is a non-starter for us, I think. Like, we need game callers. Like, we have to be able to handle it. I'm going to tell you right now, if we were to sign a catcher that had a hot bat, but was was god-awful at game calling, I'd kill myself. Yeah, that I don't want that either. And then people also said clubhouse. Maybe there were rumors, and I've heard whispers of that around really? MLB as well. Like, yeah. And so I'm fine. I never wanted Contreras. I did in the off season for you know when we we're gonna have a full year. I never wanted two months, guys. We have like 55 games yeah. left. <laughs> like I don't want to give up. And the Cubs decided not to move him or Ian Happ. So whatever. So, but the fact we didn't get in on a melee, we didn't get in on a uh, just something, you know what I mean? Like there was stuff to be done. Yeah. And I, I do think they sit on their hands and I think they get trigger shy. And I think that's fair to say, not that you're arguing with me. I'm just saying, I think that that's not unreasonable to be like, yeah, you guys are like trigger, trigger shy. Like you just won't do it. Like, come on now. Enough of rambling about that on the flip side. Well, not flip side. I've heard people say, and we'll see what happens that Cleveland usually post-trade deadline or kind of this time of the year is pretty good about clearing dead weight on the roster and is pretty good about moving some stuff around. And so there's two things I want to talk about. One was on, well, a few things really fast. So on Monday, okay, we learned that the Guardians were promoting 24-year-old prospect Will Benson from AAA just a reminder, this is from Guardian's perspective. Benson currently leads the International League in OPS with a 948. <laughs> Holy hell. A 426 OBP, and he's walked 75 times. Holy shit. So that was exciting. And then Mandy Bell said that, you know, confirmed they're calling him up. They optioned Alex Call down, and they moved Anthony Ghost to the 60-day IL. And that made room for Will Benson on the 40-man because yeah. needed space, obviously. Um and then on top of that, on Monday night after the game, Zach Meisel said, Framel Reyes was cleaning out his locker after tonight's game. He's expected to be optioned to AAA. Oscar Gonzalez could be activated from the IL. Obviously, other things can happen roster-wise before the trade deadline because this was on Monday night. But we kept Framel, and it was official um, yesterday early afternoon that Framel did get optioned to AAA. And then third thing, real fast, sorry. Is literally right before yeah. we started recording. What seven thirty? Tyler Freeman's getting called yeah. up. So I will say consolation prize. If they're really going to start pushing through the roster bullshit and say, okay, we've like we said with letting the kids play. If you're going to continue to do that, and Ernie, if you're listening, we love you. Okay, but like Tyler Freeman needs to take Ernie Clement's spot or something along that line. You know. People that are just not clicking right now and aren't performing to that level, I'll say it, you know, Tyler Freeman needs to come up. If other people get hot, they yeah. need, you know, Brennan needs to come up. That that needs to happen. And so if we're going to commit to 2.0, right, where like if you're not cutting it, I'm sorry, you're going down or you're getting DFA'd or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm, I can get behind that. It doesn't change my feelings about bolstering. I really think that's what I think that's what. With this Fran mail situation, I think that's what they're proving. I think that's look. I, I and Tyler getting yeah. called up. Like to me, that that immediately and I was like, okay, guess my, what? My, this. 
I don't want to say that, like, I don't want to sound like a, a cocky douche, right? But this is what I've been saying since it's just something with fan mail this whole year. I was like, it's not it. Like it, it just isn't it. I don't think you're being a you know cocky I mean? douche. You know what we didn't, ca- you know what we didn't calculate for Quincy and I were talking about this laziness and lack of work yeah. ethic. Like I, nobody can know that until you hear rumblings about it. And that's what it came down to. It sounds like the work yeah. ethic wasn't there. He didn't come in but, shape and it doesn't seem like he was willing to change. And I think they were like, all right, dude, like we gave you enough chance. Nothing is changing. It's yeah. not even like you're scuffling, but you're trying. But the thing is, is like, he just is like, a, you can't reward shit well, like that around young players. On top of him not being what he, what he could be this year. He's clunky in right field. He's a he's a DH to his core. He's a DH. Yeah. And it's hard to find value in a DH when they're not hitting. Yeah. It, it's, it's And again, he wouldn't get into exactly. shape. Not to be a dead horse, but he wouldn't get into shape. And so he is just a sore thumb that we've played him in the yeah. outfield. But like, come on. He did gun one guy down. And that was one of yeah. my favorite things that's happened all but, year. When he gunned that guy down in right but, field, um, from right field. <laughs> and stole yeah, two and bases, then plus uh, haters won't talk um, about that. Plus, on top of where <laughs> Naylor's at right now, physically... We've talked about he yeah, needs a DH dog because I I even came around. I said if you move Fran Meal, like you can start getting Naylor off his feet because he's got like an eight fifty OPS and the dude's got a giant third leg <laughs> dick. Like Naylor can <laughs> be our DH dog. The, like his third leg leg dick. The dude's struggling. He's at like watching him take at bats. Right, like you, yeah, you, I, you can, can I say something? He, and this is going to sound can tell that Sorry, he's don't. feeling it. Oh, it's bad. Can I say something? It's going to sound blasphemous. If we gave Naylor basically the rest of the year off, I don't want to do that. I'm just, oh, just showing you my level of commitment to him. I would give him the rest of the year off because, like, dude, we need you for next yeah. year. And it sucks because we're in the hunt. But if we just gingerly or if he needs the IL, we cannot fuck around with him. He is the dude. He is yeah. going to be here and needs to be here. Him and is, I'm going to tell you no right, more now, question mark. right now, as it stands, him and Jose are the face of this franchise. Yeah. Like, and, we and need it's him not even, and we it's, can't it's mess not around. even close. Yeah. Like, anytime something happens, you people, see, other fans are probably like ducking, like, yeah, what did Naylor you, do? Oh, you God. see <laughs> Josh Naylor. More than you see Jose, like on when when Josh Naylor, like he's more in. He's a bigger presence because he headbutts exactly. Tito. He headbutted yeah. our manager. Like he he's he broke his glasses. Yeah, like it's it's nuts, and it's to the point now where like on MLB TV, like when they show commercials, it's one of the things that they show. It's like one of the things that MLB TV puts on the air. On their little like clips, you know what I'm talking about? It's yeah. like it's like yeah. Josh Naylor doing and something the thing is, like, ho- with some uh, blackout as much moment. I love Jose. It's the same thing we've always like. He's quiet. He doesn't in the clubhouse and stuff. You can see that he he he's a leader in there, but he he's he doesn't do he he's not loud. He's not 
crazy. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, I mean he is fun and he has a presence, and I know you're not saying he doesn't, but I mean Nato's just nuts. Like when something happened, he's crazy. It's terrifying. Yeah. But like I we need him, but it's like we cannot ruin his not ruin his career. I don't think we would do that. We need him for yeah, more like, than we know this what year. he is now, and I am like, oh my god, we have to protect this him. This dude had a gruesome injury like gruesome one of the worst injuries you'll ever see on a baseball field right and came back like eight months later and months earlier than we thought it's nuts so him being in the dh we already called this i i was i was fully not fully but i was prepared to not see him this year i think everybody kind of assumed that realistically that could happen yeah like it, it, there's a very good possibility that we couldn't have solved this year. We we need him to be DHing, and like you said, we said it an episode or two ago. Started whispering it. I was like, if you move on from him, it solves yeah. the problem. And like, we gotta keep Naylor I've, healthy, dog. I've like, been, we gotta do it. He's so important. I've been saying it. I've been saying it since know, May. But again, there is logically every reason to believe that Framil could turn around based on track record. However. However, oh, yeah. work ethic I, well, is not I, something there, that we knew was an issue. Yeah, I, and I go off of a, a lot of my baseball takes are eye test and just gut feeling. A lot of stuff I can't reasonably describe or explain why I feel that way. It's just a thing. Like Buddy, I, that's I don't what makes know. the magic between and you and I. So that it's not two people talking <laughs> like I, advanced stats and yeah, you know shit like that. It's just something Bad that thing. like You're cute there though. was. I could tell that there was more. Um, he, he what what I don't want to say it's funny. He tried to do what Aaron Judge is doing this year. Bro, don't even. I'll start sweating thinking about what Judge is doing. Holy yeah, Franmail. Franmail tried to bet on himself. And yeah. lost. Well, I mean, he doesn't need to bet on himself. He's still in arbitration years, but I no. I think this was yeah arb one, but he's still got two more at least. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. I I want to talk about two. I want to talk about Ahmed and where I'm kind of at with him. Because it's a, it's a love-hate story. I'm fine that we kept him, believe it or not. It is. I, I want to so, give him yeah, credit. He's playing the dude very well. Yeah, rushing it. There's two sides to this. His defense has improved significantly from last year. Statistically, yeah. he's average. Now, there's outs above average, which is stat cast, which he still shows below average. And then there's defensive runs saved, which is fan graphs. And he's got like four defensive runs saved at shortstop. I think it's somewhere in the middle. He is not a, a plus defender at shortstop. He's no. been serviceable though. We are not we are not losing games or giving up really very many outs because of Ahmed's defense this year. And I want to give him credit yeah. that he worked on it. There were reports that he really put the work in. And that's think about that compared to Fran Meal. We you know we dog on Ahmed and all this stuff. Fran uh, Ahmed, excuse me, went and put the fucking work in. You got to respect that. And then it's come out in the last couple months oh, yeah. that he is a leader in the clubhouse, which I had no idea that he was a leader in the clubhouse. It. Apparently, it it was um uh it's him, 
Jose and like Bieber are are the big leaders in there. And then you think yeah. about the way he plays the game, which is hard as fuck all the time. One hundred percent. We one hundred percent. We have never questioned, no matter what we've said about him, and yeah. I've ever said, never questioned his hustle, I, I will, dude. I he will, is nuts. I have said, yeah, I have never once said that he yeah. doesn't try or doesn't put forth effort. You need a like, guy like that's, that. That is Ahmed's shtick. That's what he's about. That's what makes him that. different. Every baseball player, every baseball player has something that makes them different. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Ahmed's is, look, I'm going to hit a blooper to second. I'm going to hit a little, like, three hopper to second. I'm going to fuck around and run yeah. this out. Like I saw the other day he has the most infield you know I mean? singles that, in baseball. I think he has, like, 17 infield singles. That is Jesus. a lot. Like, it, it's nuts. And it n- n- neither of us have ever said that he doesn't put forth effort and it doesn't look like he wants like he it never looked like he didn't want to be yeah. there and so when you put all that together it's kind of like okay the big thing is the deep there's no log jam like because arias is having a yeah. year to forget you know and freeman is you know had a slow start he's doing better but Really, it seems like he could be our utility second baseman, maybe. He's not blocking anything right now, and he is helping. He's gotten out of his slump. Yeah. I think he's got like a 110 WRC+. plus. He's got like some of the most hits in baseball, which everybody loves to put in my mentions, even though I haven't really shit-talked him. But here's the thing. There's a thing called slugging. He slaps a rubber noodle, you know, or a pool noodle around most of the time. Oh, yeah. He he's did a pimp the machine. fuck out of a home run the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you are really I was, upset about I it, it for like I it thirty was super minutes. Super dramatic. He like watched it. He was like falling away into the other batter's box, and he like threw his bat down. And I'm like, dude, you barely cleared the wall. I came to learn it was like 402 feet, so that that's fair. It, to, to me, it looked shorter, and I was yeah. like, you need to fucking relax. Like, come on, that's your second home run. I'm pretty sure. Honestly, don't really. You could have hit a 374 foot home yeah. run. You know what I mean? Yeah, but he, shit. Wa- he watched care. it like Vaughn's putting one into the San Francisco Bay, and I was like, "Come well, on!" Here, here's my thing about it, right? When you when you messaged me about it, because he hustles literally every play, he like every chance he gets, he sprints. Yeah. Like as soon as he turns his shoulders like that, I'm like, "Oh, he knows it's gone." Yeah. Well, he's pimped a few this year that didn't get out that went to the wall, so that's a little embarrassing. Like, but <laughs> where he was watching it, it was a fly out to the track. It's got that warning track power, but no, he plays hard as hell. And I just wanted to give an update that I was fine with. I mean, I didn't even call for him to be traded. Um, like yesterday, I didn't yeah. call for him to be traded. I couldn't imagine him being. I do think if we took him off this team, it would hurt us way more than it would help because we don't really have a we don't oh, really yeah. have a replacement. He's not the shortstop of the future. I still wish he would just learn to play second base, but right now he's serviceable. And until Arias decides to earn his rightful spot on the throne, right? Or do something. You're playing league average defense. Um, Jimenez has so much range, right? He's he's like Aretha Franklin out there with that range, baby. Like he yeah. can pick up Ahmed out there just being a, like a defensive god. 
he's everywhere all the time. He's like a little spider monkey. Like I'm like, what? How do you get to these balls? So between him, Ahmed playing yeah. average defense to, and then Jimenez playing like platinum glove defense. That's not an issue. Up the middle is not a problem right now. And I want to give Ahmed credit that for all I dogged on him, how much I was screaming. Yeah. I put the how fucking many work more in. years of control do we have over this year him? and next? He'll be gone in the winter more than likely. It's okay. almost positive. He'll be gone. Um, at most, he'll be gone at the deadline next year, but it's very likely we move him. But he is helping this team. He's not hurting it. When yeah. I learned he was a clubhouse leader, I was like, all right, he's not going anywhere. I did not know that. I was like, there's no way. Jose loves him. I didn't know it, but I could see yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, then you got a dude that just plays hard all the time. The biggest issue I have with him is not anything he's doing. It's that Tito bats him in the two hole, which makes me want to kill myself because he is a ground ball machine. That's his shtick. He hits the ball mm-hmm. on the ground. Yeah. Where else would you Six put hole. him? Just swap him and Jimenez immediately. Jimenez lifts the ball, so you're not going to hit into nearly as many double plays. Ahmed's like yeah. top 10 or top 15 in baseball in double plays hit into. So uh, Jimenez sees more pitches. He walks more than Ahmed does. He lifts the ball. He's got a higher average, way more slugging. So you get Quan on, you're going to get some two-run shots more often. And then you put Ahmed at like the six, and he's down there just being a pest. And oh yeah, the bottom of our lineup isn't as bad as it used to be. Hedges is hitting better. But just in general, Hedges is the only black hole and that's not to pick on him. I'm just saying because now you got Nolan Jones down there at the. Hey, the past fi- the past 15 days for Austin Hedges, 90 WRC plus. Whoops, Sean Murphy, who? No, but <laughs> when um, when we yeah, uh, that I, fucking rocket uh, he hit over guess the monster. I got my fucking swagger back. Sorry. Whoops. Yeah, so, but no, what I'm saying is down there you got Nolan Jones and you got Straw at the double leadoff who's playing better lately. Like the the lineup yeah. has more length, and so to put uh, Straw's been playing out of his yeah. Mind. Fun fact: his offense actually has taken a little dip in the last seven days, but defensively and he's still getting it done. Get Quan has been playing out of his fucking yeah, he's, he's cooking too, but. The the lineup has some length now, and I just want him to swap yeah. that so bad. And that's something on Tito. It's not on. It's not on Jimenez. I, 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 yes, but I think when it comes down to it, Ahmed's comfortable in the two hole. Yeah. My only other issue. To, and, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. And I like because we did move him down. Yeah, for like a game. It's like left field experiment. We're like, yeah, you can go down there for like a day. But I, I think it's just he's comfortable in the tool hole. The tool hole. Sorry. Yeah. It's the he's comfortable in the two hole. And uh he's you want you want people to be comfortable. And I I don't know, it's tough. Yeah. Making lineups is hard. Like I you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, in theory it's easy. But there's so much more that goes into it than people think. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I wanted to give Ahmed credit because I we haven't and just taking a step back again, completely converse to Framil who won't make adjustments. Nobody can challenge yeah, the hustle or work ethic of Ahmed. And I want a guy like that on my team. It's just, I need you to not be our primary shortstop when Arias figures it out or somebody or Freeman takes his spot at yeah. second base. And then you got to slot Jimenez over. It's like, 
be our super utility guy. If you could just learn to play multiple positions, imagine him coming off the bench and playing two out of every three games, two out of every, you know, half yeah. the games. That bad? Yes, please. So yeah. I wanted to give him credit. Um, yeah, Alex Alex Call got sent down. He just had a tough time kind of sticking, but he got like no playing time. And so it's kind of tough to come yeah. up and make something stick. But we called him up. It's hard to it's hard to give him playing time when Nolan Jones is like I'm like I'm sticking. You know yeah. what I mean? I just want to say I can't blame him because he had some good at bats in the yeah. Rays. We'll talk about it. The Rays series. Oh yeah, he did. He, uh, he did pretty well. You know, took a couple walks. Looked way more comfortable. Um, and yeah, proud of him. But yeah, to see Benson get called up is exciting. He is a mountain of a man. Same thing with Freeman. Yeah, and Freeman and. I'm assuming that means Clement's going down and it's the right move. I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't I don't wish that upon him, right? We like him. He's, he's a friend, sort of. We we think we're friends with him. But, you know, we, we talk to him here and there. And Maybe maybe they, maybe neither might be going on. No, I think they would have done that already when we learned Benson was coming up. We're all like, all right, they got to be moving neither to the I.L. I, I think it's a Clement uh, send down. And that is the right move. Unfortunately, it's just he's got like a five fifty OPS. Like your your utility man doesn't need to rip the cover off the ball, but like I'm sorry, five fifty OPS ain't gonna do it. Like this this talent this yeah. this farm system's too deep. We got too many guys to go through, and so Clement will be back. But I don't know if that's the front office stepping in. I don't know if that because it's hard to believe Tito. He gets his little pets. That's his biggest flaw as a manager. He gets his vet his pets and then can't let him go. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's see what Freeman's got, dude. We, I mean, he was one of yeah. our top five prospects, you know, for a long time. So it's exciting, frustrating. Um, we got another clusterfuck. Even Meisel, you know, is like, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, <laughs> we're just, we just, we keep yeah. pushing it off. I'll do it next week. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like when you think you're going to, like, mow I, the lawn. A, I, a lot of, I, a lot of people are overreacting. Um, we're not in a bad... Like, yeah, we're in a tough spot. But it's not a bad spot. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have a problem... It's well, just disappointing. It's, it's tough because you... Well, no, no, I'm talking about... The situation's tough because we have all these players and we don't know what we're going to do with them at the end of the year. Yeah. A trade. You know I, mean? I really and think if you're going, we get Sean Murphy in the offseason. I'm, I'm just going to be 100% honest with you. I fully expect us to get Sean Murphy in the offseason. I think... What do you think is going to change Oakland's mind about getting one of our big three? Less pressure. You think they're just going to all of a less sudden... Less pressure throughout um, You know, more time in the offseason. Half a year less... They're 100... Half, they're 100%... Like in rebuild. No, I know mode. half. They're gonna want someone's top prospect. Okay, but they also have Shane Lang- Langoliers, who is like a top, top, top catching prospect. Like he's in the top all of baseball prospects. I think like top fifty. I think, and he's ready to go. Like he's he is ready to come up. And like Murphy, you don't. In their case, it's like yeah, Murphy's not part of it. So he'll have half a year less control. We'll have more time. Um, and maybe we end up having to give a little bit more or just because of the leverage, they'll squeeze us. But I, I fully, I really do think Murphy happens in the off season. I'm, 
I think that you just have it set in your head that Sean Murphy is going to be a Cleveland Guardian and you can't get that idea out of your head. Because it makes so much sense. It's like sickening almost. But I, I do. I really think that he it'll happen in the offseason then because I don't care what anybody says. You cannot ask Bo Naylor to come up at like 22 years old and handle the whole pitching staff. You cannot ask him. I won't have it. Like, I, I think that's a ridiculous baseball take. Yeah, I don't think anyone nope, There are that. people that say that. People that really think that Bo Naylor is going to come up and be like the Austin Hedges next year. Literally. Those people are fucking stupid. Yeah, I, okay, maybe we should insult listeners, but I would say that. Hey, look. Yeah, that's true. We haven't not. I, I. I'm calling a spade a spade. Like, if you think that Bo Naylor's going to come up here and take the entire workload of a MLB starting catcher, you're ignorant. Fine God. <laughs> yeah, you're ignorant. Yeah. You obviously have never played a day of baseball in your life. There's just no way that he's going to be doing that. We need one more year at least. Um, That's why I'm saying you, you, ex- you extend hedges for a year or two. And you let him learn from hedges. Yeah, I'm sorry, King. I just can't get can't get behind that. It's Sean Murphy for me, but I I respect it at the same time. We're gonna have to pay Sean Murphy so much more money. Fucking Austin Hedges makes four million dollars this year, dog. Like, how much is Sean Murphy? He's oh, gonna Sean be arbitration one next year, and it'll yeah. probably be close to that. Close to that. We have a $55 million payroll, and literally we might DFA yeah. Fran Meal or trade him for like a quarter on the dollar, like just to get him, you know, out. And he's making four or something this year. So, yeah, I, I'm i not worried about the money thing. Someone else brought that up, and I was like, yeah, Austin Hedges is making $4 million and we have a $55 million payroll. My, my biggest thing is I would be, I would, I would much rather us sign hedges and let Bo Naylor learn from Austin hedges and then put that money somewhere else, yeah. like into the bullpen. Yeah. Into the, the pitching staff. You know Paul, I mean? you're going to get I, that. Paul, you're going to get Brian Shaw till the day you die and you're going to fucking like it. So I don't want to hear you. complain. <laughs> so. But I, I honestly think that uh, I would rather us put the money into other places. Yeah. Like uh, first, I just don't. I don't think money should be a part of that. I'm sorry, I've got to push back. I don't think money is part of the Sean Murphy conversation. It's prospect capital first and foremost. What is it going to take to get him? And I just think it makes too much sense. Well, I'm 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 saying, oh, for Oakland, yeah, and like Oakland's eyes, yes. I'm saying, as an organization, period. That would be my concern about getting Sean Murphy. Well, then you can flip them again. That's the thing is, everyone thinks, what are we going to do with two amazing catchers? It's like if Bo is everything. Remember Francisco? Like Francis, what is it? Franz? Is it Francisco Mejia? Why does Francisco not feel right? Francisco Mejia, Mejia, whatever, was like the yeah. most surefire catching prospect in in the world, right? He was he was Bo Naylor before Bo Naylor yeah. for us. We traded him. Padres flipped him. I think he's on the Rays now, and like he's a decent player. He's nothing like we thought. I'm not saying Naylor's a bust. Yeah. I'm just saying Sean Murphy is it. Like he is. And so if Bo Naylor is everything we thought he is, awesome. Get keep, you know, Naylor, you know, keep, excuse me, Murphy here for a year, year and a half. And then guess what? Great catchers, literally always gonna be a premium value. We we yeah. flip them and we move on with our life. And like that's that's fine. We're not we're not stuck with Murphy. If at worst case scenario, we have to flip him. 
That's a great problem to have. No, that is I'm, a great problem to have. So I, I know Murphy's a, a good defensive catcher, and he's he has an, a, good a bat. very good defensive catcher. He's yeah. one of the most elite I don't know what, in baseball. I don't know what his game calling's like. I don't know what his Frankie Montas works with. And uh, what's his name from Oakland? They've got pitchers, dude, and he was the one calling that staff. They got a bunch of pitchers moved, and he was he, yeah, he was but game calling at, like. But what we know with Hedges is that he runs those pitching meetings. He runs all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We do our due diligence. I'm, Schammer... I'm assuming it's very strong based on the results that he got of that pitching staff. You know, Oakland's pretty good at developing pitching. They just trade it all away. And yeah. Murphy was behind the plate for a lot of that. So I I, I don't think mm. game calling would be an issue. Anyway, it is it is what it is. We'll see what happens in the offseason. Um, you know, I'm I'm excited to I don't know. I'm disappointed, but we're we gotta get over it. I just try not I try really hard not to get excited about maybes. Yeah. And that's all this this entire conversation we've had has been maybes. Uh it's been extremely thoughtful analysis related to the tread <laughs> So, um, but, shut up. Like, it's it's maybe in the off season we go get Sean Murphy. You know oh yeah, I mean? that's a maybe. Why get excited? Why why get excited about a player that's not even on our team? Oh yeah, I'm not excited. I'm just telling you my thoughts. I I do think that he'll be a guardian. Then um, you're one hair. You fantasize about Sean Murphy being on this. Team yeah, I whacked it last night to Sean Murphy. Okay, what is that? What you want me to fucking say? <laughs> God, you're exhausting. So twins got better. <laughs> Um, Tigers traded away Michael Fulmer to the Twins too, a reliever who was a failed starter, um, like a highly touted kind of guy years ago that just yeah. did not work. But then he's kind of like figured it out in the bullpen, which most relievers are failed starters. But um, yeah, they got him. Tigers didn't trade Chafin. The Royals traded uh, Ben Benenten the to Yankees. That was like Andrew that was like five to six days ago, and then yeah. they traded Whit Merrifield to the Jays at the buzzer yesterday. Um, I think that's it that they traded. White Sox did nothing, and we did nothing. So we'll see. But can we talk about the Yankees? Yeah, it's a lot. They. They went and got Harrison Bader, too. Yeah, and they traded Jordan Montgomery, who's a solid lefty, who's been one of my sleeper picks in my fantasy league every year, who's just like, just puts, the in, National the, league. puts in the work, goes to the National League. I play in an AL-only league, so I fucking have to drop him. Out of every yeah. player I thought was going to get traded, there was zero reason to believe Jordan Montgomery was going to get traded. <laughs> and guess what? Everybody on Twitter was kind of like, wait, what? Why did they dump like Montgomery? He's solid. So now I'm out of fucking starter. Because it's Harrison Bader. What the fuck? Yeah, he's having a down year offensively, but he's one of the best defensive like outfielders in baseball. So yeah, I know. I I get it. I'm just salty because and they got rid the of Joey Yankees Gallo. Are, the Yankees and the Padres. The, have you seen the Padres lineup now? Yeah, but see, I don't give a fuck about the Padres because I think they're losers. So they just open up their checkbooks and it's an unlimited amount. And I still don't believe it's, they have any chance of getting to the world series they're just one of those teams that i, I just feel like they're gonna now. get like, in their own way right now i have faith that's fair 
And uh, on They're, on paper or logically, absolutely, you know, why wouldn't they yeah. be World Series? I just, it's one of those gut things like you talked about where I just literally don't care and I yeah. just don't think it's going to come to anything. I just, for some, I just am not confident in the organization, even though they've given them all the tools and stuff. Um, they're I saw something, still, I forget where it's at. Their lineup now is so, they got Yeah, they got Tatis Bell. back. Josh Bell, they got Manny Machado, Juan, Juan Soto. Soto. Like it's insane, absolute insanity. Yeah, it's like a it's yeah. like a video game. They just signed Joe Musgrove to like a five year yeah. extension. They got Clevenger through the rest of this year. Blake Snell's been having a terrible year. Um, I don't know the rest of their staff just because I'm not nearly as plugged in on the National League. And again, I just don't care about the Padres. But yeah, I mean that that, that it's no joke. It's crazy. They pulled it off. They got basically the modern day Ted Williams. Yeah. It's absolutely nuts what he's doing. So, yeah. But here we are, the Cleveland Guardians. I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone's beaten the Yankees this year, though. Like, yeah, the Dodgers are the only people. It's, I, I just don't know how it wouldn't be. Hey, the Astros play them well, too. It's going to be the Yankees. Yeah. The Yankees are Astros. And then I can't see any team taking down the Dodgers to get to the World Series. But the playoffs are the playoffs. So we'll see. But that Dodgers lineup yeah. is terrifying. So, yeah. Why don't you tell the good people about Seeky? Why don't you, why don't you get your, uh, your ad, your ad read warmed up? <laughs> yeah, so uh huge shout out to Seat Geek for sponsoring this episode. Um we talk about Seat Geek pretty much uh, almost every episode. We skip one in there or something. But uh yeah, number one ticketing app to uh, mobile ticketing app for uh sporting events, concerts, festivals, uh plays, anything that you can buy a ticket for, you can get it through Seat Geek. Football season's coming up. Baseball season, obviously, playoffs are coming in a couple months. It's going to be huge. Uh, WNBA is going on right now. Uh, concerts, it's end of summer, there's going to be a bunch of concerts. Uh, yeah, they uh, hooked you guys up with, uh, what is it? It's the code's 216BASEBALLPOD. And uh, you get $10 off of your first purchase when you use them using code 216BASEBALLPOD. Nice, concise, great job. I'm really proud of you. That was really good. <laughs> so we're going to get into the games. Um, obviously, we're a few days late, and I appreciate everybody's patience. That just had a lot going on, you know, life outside of podcast and, and baseball. You know, shit, shit heats up and lot commitments and things like that. So thanks, everybody, for being patient. We love you. We missed you. Um, really been wanting to get back to this and, and itching to do it. So um we we are here. We're alive. We're still your favorite Cleveland baseball podcast. Hopefully, we're kind of we're kind of gonna blow through the recaps. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep it tight because that you know what yeah. gets my rocks off. What we just talked about, like uh, like deep analysis on the team. So we're gonna skim a little yeah. bit. So game one, Plesac versus Pavetta. Try and keep it to like five minutes per game. Uh, Plesac versus Pavetta. Guardians come into Monday night's game in Boston feeling just fine. They had split a four-game set with the White Sox over the weekend. Um, they definitely could have won that series, went 500 during this. Uh, and going 500 during this tough stretch is nothing to complain about. Trying to get back in the win column after they lost the final two games of the White Sox series uh, a week and a half ago. 
So we send Fuckboy Zach Plesak to the bump, potentially making his final start as a Cleveland Guardian. We didn't know at that time because of the rumors. Unfortunately, he scuffles and the offense is quiet. We dropped game one and we lost our third in a row, which is just tough. Quick line, Boston, three runs on six hits, no errors. Cleveland, one run on eight hits and one error. Offensive highlights. There's just not a lot of positive one, a positive in this one from an offensive standpoint. Um, we had runners on first and second with one out in the second and fourth inning. Didn't do anything. Uh, in the fifth, we had back-to-back singles from Straw and Quan. Gets killed by an Ahmed double play. Uh, luckily, Jose came through. Little squibbler down the third baseline. Stayed fair. Red Sox had the shift on more towards the middle. Um, and so nothing they could do as he hustled down the line. And we tied it up at that point. Um, but other than, yeah, other than the sixth inning, we had runners on first and second with two outs. We pretty much just rolled over the rest of the way and only Ahmed, Naylor and Jones had a hit in this one. Uh, sorry, everyone, but Ahmed, Naylor and Jones had a hit and Jose and straw had two, but we just didn't capitalize on scoring opportunities. 10 strikeouts, three walks, not great. Eight hits, none for extra bases. That's a tough way to play ball. One for seven with runners in scoring position is a 142 average. And we left nine on base with 11 base runners. So, yeah, just kind of rolled over. And defensively, the only thing I have in this one is that in the uh, bottom of the sixth, uh, Quan kind of got made look silly on a ball hit off the monster uh, right off the top of the wall, and he misplaced it. It, it, It's always hard playing. This is the first time he's played in Boston, and – Playing balls off the monsters hard as it is, but uh, what was what made him look silly is like when he goes to, he can tell he misjudged it off the wall, and then he turns, and when he turns, he slips and falls. Oh, and so that, that that's the only thing I have defensively. Yeah, I and I like by the way when you include um, like defensive miscues and errors. I w- I would like you to keep doing that when you do see them when you're watching the recaps for whatever that's, that's why worth. I do. No, I know. I know. It's sometimes uh, maybe but I also don't know what's in the video. I only I only bring it up like I've talked about. I watch I watch or listen to most of the games. But when I do this, I watch the condensed games on the MLB app, right? And they don't show everything, so I, I, I've all vaguely remember something happening, like a play happening, but they don't show it in the condensed games. I don't want to give like a bullshit breakdown of it. Yeah, that's because you're a professional, and yeah. you're better than that. Um, so pitching analysis quickly. Plesac goes five innings, a three-run ball, three hits, three walks, struck out four. Pretty solid outing until the sixth inning when the wheels fell off. Um, he mostly cruised through. Through, excuse me, the first two innings. And then he gave up a leadoff double to Jackie Bradley Jr. in the third. And then Yolmer Sanchez brought him home with an RBI single. Fourth and fifth inning, mostly uneventful as well, so settled in. But then he comes back out for the sixth, walks the leadoff batter, gives up an RBI double to Alex Verdugo to make it 2-1 Red Sox. And then Trevor Steffen replaces him, gives up back-to-back singles. And I think they were just, like, bad luck. Like, just getting batted yeah. to death, like... Just finding grass, not I, even hard hit balls. I and, will say, if you t- if you were to say, "Hey, please, Zach's going to give you five innings of three run ball with three hits against the Red Sox," like I'm not terribly upset about that. Like the Red Sox aren't what they in were Fenway. when we played them. They aren't, yeah, they are, especially in Fenway, but they aren't what they were when we played them 
when they were smoking hot. You know what I mean? They've cooled down a lot. Um, but they still have bangers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, Xander Bogarts can hit. Rafael Devers can hit. Verdugo can hit. Yeah. Jackie Bradley luckily, Jr. is not a scrub. Like, well, he is offensively usually, but def- defensive God. But yeah, they just they got yeah. it done. Um, yeah, so Trevor Stephan gave up back-to-back singles, and that allowed a run to score, which goes to Plesak. Um Could have been better. Could have been worse. He had to work a lot. Um, he only went five innings on 96 pitches and only 58% yeah. are strikes. So just trouble finding the zone. Then we talked about Stefan obviously gave up the two singles. He gets pulled for Henches, who gets the final out of the sixth, and then gets another uh, out in the seventh, I believe. And then Karen Check finishes the game off. Doing an inning and two-thirds, a scoreless ball, striking out four of the five batters he faced. So the Illyria Police Department got a brand new flash screen in the break room, which is really <laughs> exciting for them. Yeah. I love that joke. But I, yeah, bullpen. It's gonna go it on forever. But all joking aside, Karinchek has looked pretty good since he came got came back. Oh no, he has. I had zero yeah. confidence that something like that would happen. It's it's yeah. nuts. He's and he's back to being a goddamn psychopath. Yeah, he makes Josh Naylor look tame. Like, Josh Naylor's yeah. on sedatives. He's just, he scares me. Like, he legitimately scares me when he gets, he's like, out ADHD of a spot. Person- he's unmedicated ADHD personified. With, like, nut job in him. Like, he scares yeah. me. So, we lose game one. Game two, um, prior to the game, transactions, Kirk McCarty gets recalled from Columbus and Anthony Castro gets optioned to Columbus back down, which Anthony Castro is not it. Um, so the starting pitchers are Shaw. You heard that right. Versus Winkowski. Mike Winkowski. Um, Guardians come into Tuesday night's game looking to snap their three game skid. And who better to help them do that than Brian fucking Shaw, who will make his first well, start. Brian ever Shaw in- now owns a major league baseball and MLB record. What of going two and oh and. No, in. um, He's had the most amount of innings pitched without before making his first start. Oh, I love that for him. And yeah. we broke the streak. So Brian Shaw, first start ever in an opener type role. Uh, we elect not to bring Pilkington back up to make a start for this game with Savali out. God help us. Shaw does some pitching. That's kind of my analysis. Tito leaves him out too long. <laughs> and the offense is the star of this game as we jump all over the Red Sox rookie as Cleveland takes game two. Quick line, Cleveland eight runs on 12 hits, no errors. Boston three runs on seven hits and one error. Offensive highlights, um, top of the first, two outs. Jose Ramirez walks, Naylor singles, Owen Miller singles. That brings home Jose, early one nothing lead. Top of the second one out, Austin Hedges, we talked about it earlier, solo shot over the green monster. Got all of it. That's his sixth of the year. Puts us up 2 nothing. Top of the third, Naylor, one out double, advances to third on an Owen Miller ground out. And then two outs, Jimenez gets hit by pitch, which I need him to stop doing. I'm going to start fighting people. Then Nolan Jones sends a moonshot to right field. It was a three-run jack. That's his second of the year. Guardians blow it wide open. We've got a 5 nothing lead. Um, and then some other stuff in here. Miles Straw, single. Um, some terrible Red Sox defense ends up bringing home Straw and Ahmed um, on, uh, what was that, a nailer ground out. And the, the whole defensive yeah. just it meltdown from the Red Sox. So we end up being 7-2. to two. Um, Then Quan gets on base in the 8th, steals 2nd. 
then Ahmed brings him home with an RBI single. So overall, solid showing from the meat of the order. One through five collected nine of our 12 total hits. But the big blow was obviously Jones's three-run blast that you love to see. Quan with a three-hit day. Hedges getting in on the fun like we talked about. Jose steals his 14th bag. Nather stole a second bag um, of the year with a double steal with Jose. And Red Sox got in their own way with this one, and we just kind of clicked. Key stats went one for three with a walk and a home run. Okay, he's been seeing the ball a lot better. I mean, yeah. even before I, he struck I out twice, stats. but still. <laughs> hey, on base twice, five hundred OBP for the game. Uh, key stats: eight strikeouts to four walks. Can't complain about that. We continue to strike out less than any team. Twelve hits, three extra base hits. Not terrible. Um, I mean, a lot of hits, so not going to complain. Three for twelve with runners in scoring position is a two fifty average. And then left eight on base, but we had 16 base runners. So, again, nothing to complain about. Yeah, and defensively, all I have in this one is that in the bottom of the third, uh, when Brian Shaw was struggling, uh, and then I want to say Sandlin came in to save yep. him in the third. Yep. Um, Nolan Jones and Austin Hedges turn a really good double play. Uh Ball hit like weekly to right field, um, and I, I, I forget who was on base, but they try to tag up and go home, and Nolan snipes them, and Austin Hedges lays a great tag down uh, to get us out of a, a, the third inning, which was going pretty badly, but it, they stopped it from getting a lot worse. Yeah, love to see it. So Shaw had a decent first two innings, uh, but Tito thought it was important to bring him out for a third inning, and that was just stupid. That's on Tito. Uh, walk away from the table while you're still ahead. But no, Shaw gives up a run and leaves two on for Sandlin, who hits the first batter he faces to load the bases and then gives up an RBI single for the second run in the inning, which gets tagged to Shaw. It could have been a lot worse. Like this, this could have quickly gotten way more out of hand. Um, it was just poor game calling. Uh, McCarty then gets brought out for the long relief roll, and he had it on Tuesday night. He went four innings of scoreless relief, only gives up one hit, one walk, strikes out four, and it was scoreless, like I said. Love to see it and gets, a, gets I'm assuming, his first major league win. Yeah, it's got to be uh, in long relief, too. So you got four innings of scoreless ball. I mean, talk your shit, King. Let yeah. your nuts hang. Um, Morgan comes out for the eighth and just continues to leave the ball up. He gives up a leadoff double, almost gets out that of it. changeup's then- not playing anymore. No, it's not. He gives up a two-out double to allow another Boston run, and it made it 5-3 Cleveland at the time. Um, obviously, it all works out. But Classe comes out for the ninth to get some work in a non-safe situation and embarrasses the Red Sox because that's what he does. Perfect inning of relief, strikes out one, only took him 10 pitches because I think he just gets bored and wants to go home. So, yeah, we take game two, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, game three, Quantrill versus Eovaldi. Uh, this Guardians is come- what's known as... Paul's, uh, what's it called when you can see the future? Omin- omniscient? I'm a, I'm, um, no, omnipresent means you're everywhere and all knowing. No, no, no. That, well, I mean, that too. But, uh, <laughs> nice. Talk your shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I pretty much predicted this entire game. Okay. Yeah, you did. I remember that. So, <laughs> It's Quantrill versus Eovaldi. Guardians coming to Wednesday night's game looking to keep the throttle down after an impressive offensive showing the night before against Boston. Cleveland sends Big Daddy Dick Cal Quantrill to the bump. His recent struggles continue, though. 
But the offense picks him up with some late-inning magic yet again as the Guardians take Game 3 and guarantee at least a series tie for the second series in a row. Quick line, Cleveland 7 runs on 12 hits, 2 errors. Boston 6 hits, 9, excuse me, 6 runs, 9 hits, and 3 errors. So, kind of cue, Paul. If you deserve three, you definitely oh, deserve yeah. to lose. <laughs> yeah, normally it's if you commit two errors, you deserve to fucking lose. But if you commit three, fucking quit playing baseball. It's not yeah. for you. Like, we deserved it with two, but they committed three, so then they really deserve it. So offensive highlights. Uh, top of the, the second. The word I was Ramiel. looking for earlier was omniscient. Um, oh, okay. I love that for you. Omnis- it might be omniscient. Omniscient. I'm not super familiar with that word. Like, I, I well, I it. only the only reason why I know it is because I googled it and listened to the pronunciation. Okay, I love that. So, top of the second, Fran Mill ground rule doubled on the right field line, followed by an Owen Miller single. Runners on second and third, nobody out. Jones slaps a ball to the right side. Uh, Franchi Cordero, the Red Sox first baseman, flubs the catch on the hop, tries to throw the ball while falling away, and throws it into the camera bay. So, Fran Mill scores. And then Jones goes to second on the air, which puts runners on second and third. Again, still nobody out, but now we're up one nothing. Hedges is up next. He R- hits an RBI ground out to third, which brings home Owen. Now we're up 2 nothing, And then one out, Miles Straw doubles to center field. That scores Jones, makes it 3 nothing Cleveland. And just a great start for us. Uh, top of the fourth, Jones leadoff double. Austin Hedges sack bunt. With no sacrifice, actually. He reaches safely at first, legging out the throw, and Jones goes to third. So we got Please. something brewing again. Get you a man that can do everything. Talk about five-tool player. Like, yeah. Austin Hedges, go. And then with one out, <laughs> Quan doubles to the right to, doubles to right field. And that scores Jones, puts runners on second and third with one out. Now we're up four to two. And then Ahmed gets in on it. RBI single, scores Hedges, makes it five to two. Top of the eighth, though, Guardians down one late. Nolan Jones, leadoff single, gets to second on a throwing error again by Franchi Cordero at first. Holy hell. And then with one out, Miles Straw hits his second double of the game to right field. That brings home Nolan, ties it at six apiece because we don't quit. And then top of the ninth, game still tied at six, one out. Josh Naylor decides 0 for 4 on the day, not good enough, got not good enough, got to win this one for us. Smokes a bomb to left center field, his 14th of the year. Take the lead late, and that's how it stays as we win game three. And Paul 100% texted yeah. me before he came I said, up and I said, literally he said lives as, for this. I, as Austin Hedges was walking to the plate, I was like, these are the moments Austin Hedges lives for. We're about to take the lead. Yep. And that's what it <laughs> did you say, Austin Hedges or Josh Naylor? Or Josh Naylor. Okay. I said Austin yeah. Hedges. I'm well, sorry. Austin Hedges is high-key, super clutch, too. Yeah. So his and stats then show it. even before that, this was the this was the day I made all those wallpapers. Yep. And I you've learned say, Photoshop. Yeah. I sent you the Class A one. I said, hey, just so you have this for when Class A comes in after we take the lead and shut this down. <laughs> uh, you, you called it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so overall, Nolan Jones continues to have a hell of a series. Went three for four on the day with a single and two doubles. Just a menace to Red Sox pitching. Framil had a single and a double. Straw had two big RBI doubles. Love to see that extra base hits, baby. And Naylor continues to be different, hitting the game-winning home run. And when we click, man, watch out. 
key stats, two strikeouts to one walk. I had to like triple check this. I'm like, wait, hang on. And I triple checked it. Two strikeouts to one walk. What an obscure stat Just line. hit the but, fucking wall. Or ball. Yep. Well, 12 hits, seven were extra base hits. Yeah, that's how you win baseball games. Yeah. Five for 16 with runners in scoring position is a 312 average. Also how you win baseball games. And we left eight on base, uh, even though we had 13 base runners. So, um, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Uh, defensively in this one, in the bottom of the second, Owen Miller makes a great diving catch going up the middle at uh, while playing second. Then de- gets up, delivers a strike to Hedges or Naylor. Fucking Christ! To Josh, right there? yeah, I'm having a stroke. I'm I'm fucking tired. To Josh, yeah, else smell burnt the bag at first. <laughs> um, and then in the bottom of the ninth, Miles Straw makes a great over the shoulder catch to end of the to end the game and get the W. Yeah, it was. Classe, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, Classe got out of it. And we all kind of glanced over that catch by Straw, which was yeah. not an easy play. That no. was nuts. Motherfucker so, has range. Um, yes, he does. Uh, pitching analysis, Quantrill's rough stretch continues. He just couldn't find it. Five and a third of six run ball. Five of them are earned. Gives up eight hits and walks two. Strikes out four. Gave up two home runs. You know, he has a one, two, three first inning, gets two quick outs to start the second. Then he walked Franchi Cordero and he gives up a two run home run to Bobby Dahlbeck. Ba- the um, most Boston name ever. Yeah, Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby oh Dahlbeck. He hits the ball so hard. That's Bobby <laughs> Dahlbeck, uh, he, which mostly erases the three run lead that Quantrill was given. Third inning was mostly quiet, but then in the fourth inning with one out, he gives up a single and then a double, makes it five to three Guardians. So we're still on top, but trying to give that lead up. Uh, Quan and Ahmed both make an error on the play and allows Franchi to go to third and then the run to score from first. Uh, But that run was still earned against Cal, which is tough because there's no way the Red Sox catcher goes first to home on that play if everything is fielded cleanly, but there's no way to kind of know that. And so it's still an earned run. Then Bobby Dahlbeck hits a sack fly, uh, thanks to that Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, uh, because that error the play before put Cordero at third instead of second, um, and so just like that, it's five to four Guardians. And then in the fifth, two quick outs. Okay, and then he gives up a single, a walk, throws a wild pitch. So now there's runners on second and third, uh, but he gets a ground out to limit any damage. But again, just struggling, and then. In an effort to save the bullpen at 85 pitches, Tito brings Cal back out for the sixth, which he just had a bullpen game the day before. So you got to kind of let Cal go a little bit longer, even if it's painful. Uh, he gives up a single, then a ground gets a ground out, and then gives up his second two-run shot of the day to Bobby Dahlbeck uh, as the Red Sox now lead at 6-5. to five. So really frustrating. A lot of chatter on Twitter. And there's just no right way for Tito to kind of do this. you got to kind of protect the bullpen. But yeah... It, Quantrill needs to pitch better. I don't know. It just sucks. Um, he keeps getting outs to start the inning, but it's just he can't seem to get a clean yeah. in- inning to save his life lately. And defense didn't help him either. Um, you know, best case scenario, he still would have given up four runs in this one without the errors and if defense everything plays is tough out. in Fenway. But still four, yeah. still four runs and, you know, five and two-thirds or whatever it was, five and a third and – 
He'll snap out of it. I trust in him. I see people now screaming and saying, this is why we need starter help. Like, find God. Shut up. Like, I don't have time for that. I'm sorry. Like, Cal Quantrill was the best pitcher in the American League in the second half last year, and he was a solid three all the way up until the last, like, month. Let's just... Let's just chill. I Sometimes this happens. I really like our rotation. Like, if Savali can get back and stay healthy. Yeah, to compete, we need a real number three piece. Like, we need another, like, T-Mac, basically, to really, yeah. for me to be more comfortable. That, like, you just know there's no questions. You're going to have Well, Bieber, like, that's what we McKenzie. thought Howe was going to be. Yeah, and he can be. I, I got little ahead of myself when I said he could be a number two ceiling last year. I think he's a solid number three, you know, at his, at his ceiling ish. And I mean, a damn good one. I mean, someone that you want to throw out there, but yeah, this year pitching a little more like a four, um, but he'll figure it out. Um, And Dale uh, Henches comes on, gets the final two outs for Cal and then gets the first two outs of the seventh. He just mowed them down. Um, inning in a third of total uh, total for Hench is a perfect relief, and he had struggled a lot prior to all this, so good to see that. De Los Santos gets the ball in the seventh um, and stays out for some of the eighth, too. He goes four outs and gets the win, and then Classe gets his 21st save of the year. He obviously converts the save, because what else would he do? Perfect inning of relief, took him 15 pitches. And then uh, there's one thing for my special notes is it took yeah, us it's Alex's 10 minutes special to get notes. through this game. Uh, Nolan Jones, uh, this a tweet from Ryan Lewis. Nolan Jones having a productive series in Boston, has reached base in all three games, hit a, a three-run home run last night, uh, the day before this, obviously, uh, and went two for three uh, that night with two doubles and RBI and two runs scored. Jones is now hitting 292 with a 914 OPS since being promoted to the big leagues. Yeah. So just being a pest. Game four, uh, T-Mac versus Crawford. Guardians coming to Thursday evening's finale, looking for the series win. After a gritty win the night before uh, to guarantee at least a tie. T-Mac on the bump. We like our chances. And man, he was cooking. But he makes one mistake late uh, and a quiet offensive result, you know, ends up in a game four loss as we split our second series in a row with a team named after foot apparel. So... (laughs) Get it because the White Sox and Red Sox. Anyway, uh, so Boston four runs I, I on hated six hits. Every second of that, I I really I think I'm about to have an aneurysm. <laughs> Red Sox four runs on six hits, no errors. Cleveland two runs on five hits, no errors. Offensive highlights are pretty short. Top of the fourth, one out. Jose solo shot to right field, right inside the infamous pesky pole. And I accidentally typed pesky pool. I hate that pesky pool. Uh, <laughs> Pesky pole, and that's number 20 for them as the Guardians take a 1-0 lead after a quiet first three innings. And we stay quiet in the 5th, 6th, and 7th with only a Stephen Kwan single during that time, so not it. Top of the 8th, Maley draws a leadoff walk, followed by a Miles Straw single that moves Maley to 3rd. Kwan then grounds into a double play that brings Maley home, making it 4-2 Boston, though. And that's how it stays as we rolled over in this game. Naylor was the only guardian uh, with two hits, and they were both doubles. So, whoops! And that's pretty much the pretty much the only bright spot besides uh, Jose's solo shot. Key stats: five strikeouts, one walk. I mean, can't complain too much. Five hits, three of them were for extra base hits. Great ratio there. Just 
need more than five hits. And oh yeah, uh, some timely hitting would help because we went 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Um, and we left four on base and we had six base runners. So sad. Yeah. Defensive, yes. Defensively, there's nothing to talk about. And then pitching analysis also keep this tight, tough start for T Mac. He was cooking through the first five innings, allowed only two base runners during that time. Then he gives up a three run bomb to Xander, Xander Bogots. Xander Bogots. Yeah. Uh, which immediately gave the Red Sox a three-run lead, which just sucked. I can't remember if he had one or two outs in the when he gave that up, but just god damn it. Like he was cooking two base runners in five innings. And then in the seventh, he gives up a leadoff double, followed by an RBI single. That made it four to one Red Sox. And he gets through the seventh cleanly after that, but the damage was already done. So his final line is seven innings of four run ball on six hits, one walk and six strikeouts, and he gave up that home run. And it sucks because he was in Cy Young form prior to that three-run blast, and just like that, the home run ball comes back to bite him again. And I'm not too worried it happens, but it just sucks. Like, he, yeah. man, he was dealing. And then Karen Check came out for the eighth to finish the game, walks two, strikes out one, scoreless appearance, so got into a little bit of trouble there. Took him I think he gets a, a double pitches, play to get out of it. Uh, 19 pitches, only seven of them were for strikes. He couldn't find the zone to save his life. So we split with the Red Sox. So at this point we are eight, we're four and four in our last eight games against two solid teams. Um, so not too much to be angry about, but, but yeah, it is what it is. And, uh, but well, we played white Sox at home. So never mind. I was going to say, and on the road, was it, I thought it was on the road. Was it? Yeah, I think so. I think it was the south side. Why are yeah. we why are we trying but to guess when we can know? Yeah, when I can look it up. But what bothered me about this Boston series is they wore their city connect uniforms every day. Yeah, and I still hate them. I think they're stupid. So I um but. it was one of those th- we did play in Chicago. So we ended the uh well Coming onto the third leg of the road trip, we're 500, so can't complain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know when you look at something for so long, you just start getting tired of it? Yeah. That's where I'm at with the Boston City Connect jerseys. I liked them before this series. And watching and then they wore them four all four games. games. Which, fun fact, about uh, up until game two of this series, they were undefeated in those uniforms. Okay, good. I'm glad that they're in a dilemma now. So, gave them their first L. So, we talk all the time, guys, obviously, about the importance of mental health. Um, It's nothing new since early last year when we started this podcast, how important it is. So, um, you can listen to me tell you about our amazing sponsor, BetterHelp. And, yeah, we'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. Everyone goes through tough times. Everyone has stuff they're dealing with. We've preached about the importance of mental health several times before as it relates to athletes, our listeners, and even to ourselves. Paul and I are no strangers, and I know I'm certainly not. In the summer of 2020, I started having a little bit of depression and anxiety issues for the first time in my life. But I took the leap, I reached out to a therapist, and got the help that I needed. And man, I'm glad that I did. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. 
Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp's network includes a broad range of expertise from their more than 20,000 therapists, which gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. Finding the right therapist is one of the most important parts in making sure you get the help that you need. It's going to be easy, guys. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's that quick. Then you're going to schedule a secure video and phone session. Even better, you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist and everything you share is completely confidential. BetterHelp knows that it's scary to reach out and take that first step for your mental health, so they make it as easy as possible for you. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charge, which is a game changer, guys, helping you find the right therapist for your needs. So, go ahead and join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And you know Paul and I were going to hook you up. BetterHelp was kind enough to create a special offer for 216 Baseball listeners. We're going to get you 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash 216 Baseball. Again, that's better com slash the numbers 216 baseball. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And now back to the show. Wow. I don't know about you, Paul, but I thought that ad read was life changing. Seriously, though, shout out to BetterHelp. Make sure you use code 216 baseball, 10% off your first month. People have been using the code seriously, not blowing smoke. Glad, you know, things going good. Things, things are rough. Yeah. Anytime I continue to see a therapist. You said you finally saw uh Patty Pimblet's uh like speech that he said after he was he won his fight. Oh yeah, I didn't know who you were talking about. Sorry. That like Irish fighter or whatever. Patty Pimblet? Yeah, I I didn't know his name. He's well he's from Liverpool. Liverpool, excuse me. I that was like a week ago. Yeah. But did you see his little? Yeah, I like, watched the video you sent me. Yeah, and he was talking about how yeah. you know he's after he won a fight, he shouted out that well, his it was, friend yeah. had taken his life. So and... it was four hours before his weigh-in oh, for his fight. He got a call that his friend is his friend had taken his life, which is a shame. It's nuts. And then he made a big yeah. speech about mental health, get the help you need. And um, yeah. And how there's a stigma with men. All yeah. It was, stuff. it was a really right. touching thing outside about. of like advertisements. Yeah. It was a really powerful thing. Yeah. It was, it was, it was awesome. amazing to see. I've, I've really gotten into a lot more of UFC. Lately. I love that for you. I only have time for baseball and formula yeah. one. Although now formula one's in summer break for three weeks. So I don't know what to do with myself. Um, Get into UFC. Yeah. Game one uh, of the... So we now we're in Tampa. Game one, Bieber versus Springs. Guardians coming to Friday night's game in Tampa looking to get back in the win column again as they're treading water over the last eight games against solid teams like we talked about. Nothing to be upset, though. Tougher part of the schedule. Leading up to the trade deadline, we're like, let's stay in this thing. Show the you know front office that, hey, we deserve some upgrades. And we do our job, but we just spent almost an hour talking about it. Um, so won't, you know, hash that again, but someone is going to win this series. We tied the last two because it's only a three game series. Someone has to win it. Someone has to lose it. Um, we send our ace Shane Bieber to the bump to try and start things off. Right. And while it's a shaky start from him, he settles in and does what aces do and guardians take game one, which you love to see. Um, so quick line, Cleveland, four runs on eight hits, no errors. 
Tampa Bay, one run on six hits and no errors. Offensive highlights, top of the first, Quan and Ahmed, back-to-back singles start things off, but we don't capitalize, which was frustrating. Um, top of the fourth, Owen Miller leadoff double, followed by a Fran Mill fly out to right field that allows Owen to move over to third. Jimenez then doubles home Owen, tying the game at one apiece because Jimenez stays him. Top of the fifth, Quan hits a one-out single, then proceeds to steal second base, his eighth of the year. Jose then hits a two-run bomb to left center field. That's his 21st of the year. Guardians now lead at 3-1. to one. Love to see that power come back from, from uh, Jose. Top of the seventh with two outs, Quan hits a single, followed by an Ahmed walk. Jose then ropes a single to center field, scoring Quan and making it 4-1 to one Guardians. And that's how this one stays. Top of the order carried this one. Seven of our eight total hits came from the one through four. Quan had three out of the leadoff spot. Ahmed had one. Jose had two with three RBI. Owen Miller had that double. And pitching was king in this one, all things considered. I mean, it's decent offense, but um, yeah. eight strikeouts. This was the game that uh, Hedges got scratched. Uh, not, fucking Christ. Why do I keep calling Josh Naylor Hedges? Because you're tired. Where You've been up Naylor since got, like 7 o'clock yeah. yesterday. Like 7 p.m. at uh, least, but, 6 p.m. Where uh, Naylor got scratched late from it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think. You're right. I think. I don't know. I thought I put that one in here. Yeah, because he's... I think it was this game because Miller is playing... Or No, I guess it was game two. Yeah. Anyway. Because... Eight Miller. strikeouts to three walks. Yeah. Not oh, bad. Interesting. Eight hits. Three, Just three extra idiot. base hits. Not bad either. Solid ratio. Three for 12 runners in scoring position. 250 average. Again... Uh, left seven on base and we had 11 base runners. So pretty just vanilla, you know, did what we needed to do. Yeah. Uh, nothing to report defensively in this one either. I'm going to tell you this right now over the next, well, I guess two games now, there's nothing to report defensively. So just keep on. All right. Pitching analysis. Bieber goes seven innings of one run ball, five hits, two walks, struck out eight. He had a rocky start to the game, which brought out toxic anti-Bieber Twitter in full force. Everyone just calling for just exhausting. I hate it. He gives up a leadoff single, yeah. a one-out walk. Mickey Mouse, Cy Young. Oh. Get him out of here. Leadoff single. Suck my ass. <laughs> leadoff single, one-out walk, an RBI single to G-Man Choi. And then with two outs, he walks the bases loaded, and then he gets out of it. But you would have thought he gave up 10 runs based on Guardians Twitter. It is exhausting. And then after the first inning, he gave up four of his seven total base runners, okay? He goes six innings of scoreless ball with three base runners, which seems pretty fucking good to me against the Rays, who are playoff contenders every year lately. And what do I know? But, hey, an ace can dial it in at any time like nothing happened. That's what he did. He left the ball up in the first inning and just could not locate, and then he dialed it in. Classe comes out for the ninth looking for his 22nd save. You know the drill. He obviously converts the save. He did give up one hit because I think he just wanted to feel something. Um, took him 12 pitches, 10 were strikes. I mean, it's Emmanuel Classe. Yeah. And then uh, Alex's special notes in this one. Uh, there's a graphic that Bally, Bally uh, Sports put on uh, that uh, Jose is second in the American League in uh, RBIs. He is first in extra base hits, first in doubles, and tied for fourth with triples. He went on a slump for like a month and a half where he basically where he didn't have an RBI for like twenty five games or something. And yeah, he's still. <laughs> what the fuck? 
<laughs> Excuse me? And that is with uh, Aaron Judge having like now what? 43 home runs, which <laughs> 43 home Mom runs. Me up. I'm scared. Um, Ryan Lewis also part two of Alex's special notes. Uh, Ryan Lewis tweeted out that Emmanuel Classe records his 22nd uh, save. Uh, he's given up one earned run since May 20th, a stretch covering 28 games or 28 innings. Sorry. Uh, Guardians beat the Rays 4 1. They're 51 and 48 on the season, three games above 500. Yeah, it was really just the first part that one earned run since yeah. May 20th. Excuse me. I, I, started, I started reading the second part. And I was like, well, yep. You, you just committed. Already, already in motion. You committed. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then uh, in game two, Zach Meisel tweeted out beforehand that Josh Naylor scratched today with right ankle soreness. Owen Miller is now playing first base and batting cleanup. Had to get some redemption in there. Well, that and since there's no defensive highlights for me to yeah, talk you, about, I got to get my feel talking in somehow. Love it. Yeah. So, Plesak versus Kluber in game two. Guardians coming to Saturday afternoon's game feeling pretty. Klubot. Klubot. Pretty damn good about themselves. They got an ace performance from Beaver to steal game one and take some pressure off the rest of the series. Just need one more of the next two to get a series win. Cleveland sends all time fuckboy Zach Plesak to the bump to try and get it done versus an old friend, Corey Kluber, the Klubot. Unfortunately, Plesak gets blown up in this one and the offense can't quite mount the comeback needed as we drop game two. Quick line, Tampa Bay, six runs, 10 hits, no errors. Cleveland, four runs, 11 hits, no errors. Uh, we only had one base runner in the first three innings, uh, which is obviously not a great start. Luckily, we got things going in the fourth with a Jose one-out double, uh, followed by an Owen Miller RBI single to get us on the board, but still trailed three to one. Jose then, in the top of the sixth, hits a leadoff double, his second of the day, followed by an Owen Miller hit-by pitch. But then our clutch king, Andres Jimenez, three-run bomb to right center field. That's his 12th of the year. And just like that, the Guardians now trail by only uh, one as it's five to four raise. But unfortunately, we don't push any more runs across and we go fairly quietly the rest of the way. Uh, overall, every starter had at least one hit in this one, which is nice to see. Jose had a day going two for five with the two doubles. Again, our extra base king just tacking them on. But the hero is obviously Jimenez with that huge three-run blast that made it look like we put up a fight. Uh, and then he also had a double to go along with that. He's just hitting the ball hard, and he is really fucking good. Key stats, 14 strikeouts to no walks, which I think is probably the worst performance of the year in the walk-to-strikeout ratio. I mean, I, again, had to double-check that one. Um, 11 hits, five of them were for extra base hits. Cannot complain. Hitting the ball hard. Two for seven with runners in scoring position, 286 average. Uh, left eight on base with 11 base runners total. You know, offense did kind of their job. I mean, four runs isn't amazing, but all those things are, are pretty solid except for the strikeouts. And then, like Paul said, no defensive highlights. So pitching analysis, just not a good start for Plesak, who only goes five innings, gives up five runs on seven hits and two walks. Struck out seven, so he was... Swinging and getting swing and misses. Um, he gave up two home runs, though, which killed him. They jumped him right away. Two run shot by Brandon Lau in the first. In the second, gives up a single. Picks that runner off, which you love to see. And then he gives up a walk. And then a two-out RBI double. Makes it 3 nothing. Just wasn't fooling anybody. Settled in for the third and fourth, only allowing a single over that two-inning span. 
But then in the fifth, after getting two outs, gives up a single. Then a two-run blast to Yandy Diaz makes it 5-1 race. And then Tito doesn't bring him back out for the sixth. Just a bad stretch of starts here for Plesak, who's given up some long balls and is getting punished for hard hits more than he usually is, which is kind of regression to the mean. Talked about it. You can only get lucky for so long. Um, we know what he is, and uh, he gives us. he's just in a, a tougher stretch than usual right now. Henches comes out for the sixth and stays on for the seventh, gives us an inning and two-third, a scoreless one-hit relief, strikes out three. Again, another great outing for Henches. He had that big one in the uh, Red Sox series as well. He was struggling, like we said, but he seems to be finding his way back. And then De Los Santos comes out for the final out of the seventh and pitches the eighth. Gives up one run on two hits, a walk, and strikes out two. Uh, it happens, but still a big insurance run for the Rays as that made it six to four. Um, so kind of frustrating. And then got a yeah. couple special notes here. Yeah, Alex's special notes. Uh, Mandy Bell tweeted out that Stephen Kwan extends his hitting streak to 13 consecutive games. He's batting 362, five doubles. Uh, one home run, five RBIs, two walks, and that span through uh, the fifth inning of that game. Which I don't know uh, if then he Zach Meisel ended up getting any more hits, but I just screenshotted that because I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, Zach Meisel tweeted out that Owen Miller left today's game with right forearm contusion. He got hit by a pitch in this one, I think. Yeah, and it was out of nowhere. We're like, uh, why is Clement coming in for Miller, who only played because Nather was a late scratch? And we're like, hug watch. But then yeah. we learned that he went to Tito and said, like, yeah, dog, I, I need like I need to chill. Yeah. So uh, lose game two. So then game three is Shaw versus. I, I want to say something before this, mm-hmm. right? You know what was good to see in this game? Hmm. Yu Chang. Yeah, he was smiling. He's a yeah, happy dude. He's always he, he's always having a good time. It's just refreshing to see. Yeah. But I just want to. It was good to see Yu Chang again. Yeah, I love that. Um, game three is Shaw versus McClanahan. Guardians coming to Sunday afternoon's game looking for the series win in Tampa as they've treaded water for the last 10 games. We're now 5-5 five and five over that span. Luckily, who better to match up with Cy Young candidate Shane McClanahan, Shane McClanahan excuse me, <laughs> who started the All-Star game for the AL than our ace, Brian Shaw. As, Bri- as Kevin Garnett once said, anything Your is Lord possible. fucking savior. Yeah. Uh, as Cleveland pitches just well enough and hits just enough to get a much-needed series win. Cleveland, five runs on nine hits, one error. Tampa, three runs on eight hits and no errors. Offensive highlights, top of the first, Quan and Ahmed hit back-to-back singles to start things off, but we don't capitalize, which feels like we're doing a lot of that That's lately. like our calling car. Yeah, I mean, Jose's playing better, but it's still... You know, you can't get an RBI every time, but it just seems like a lot of that's happening. Uh, and it felt huge against McClanahan because, again, we might not get another chance. I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Like, yeah. I mean, he started the game for the AL. He's like probably one of the leading Cy Young. He's definitely one through three in the Cy Young voting right now. But top of the second, Alex Call draws a leadoff walk, followed by an Ernie Clement broken bat floater to left. Austin Hedges then gets hit by a pitch to load the bases in the knee, too. He's a tough son of a bitch. He he did like high steps down to first, just to like, oh God, trying to he's he's tough, man. Still nobody out. Okay, so we got the bases loaded. Straw then hits a two-run single to right field, makes it two-nothing guardians early, which you love to see. And then still the top of the second with two outs. Jose hits an RBI single to left field. 
That scores Hedges, and now we lead it 3 nothing. So anything is possible, folks. Top of the fifth, Framiel, one-out single, followed by Jimenez walk. Framiel then catches the Rays napping and steals third base, and you heard that correctly. He stole third as a heads-up play. Alex Call then walks to load the bases, another great at-bat from him in this one. And then with two outs, our number one hitter, Austin Hedges, ropes a single to center field, scores Framiel and Jimenez to break the 3-3 tie and give us a 5-3 lead. And that's how this one stays as we go quietly the next four innings and the bullpen locks things down. Um, Everyone other than Jimenez had at least one hit, but a lot of one for five showings. Uh, Straw was the only one with multiple hits going two for four with two RBI. But yeah, getting it. They made it count. Um, Hedges with a two run, two run single. And uh, say it again. Hedges with a two run single (laughs) in a walk in this one. One. So key stats, five strikeouts to four walks. <laughs> Excellent ratio. Nine hits. None were for extra base hits, which is wild. Three for 13 with runners in scoring position is 231 average. And then team left nine on base, even though we had 13 base runners. So still, like I said, three for 13, not not great with runners in scoring position, but pitching. And I accidentally lied to you earlier. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, defensive highlights in this one in the bottom of the fourth, Miles Straw makes a great sliding catch, uh, coming in on a ball to save multiple runs scoring. Uh, cause I think there was a runner on second and third when he made this out, mm-hmm. um, to make the third out of the fourth. And then in the bottom of the, uh, in the bottom, I think that's, that's the fifth, the bottom of the fifth, the Rays decide to run on Steven Kwan and he delivers a strike to the plate to cut off a run. Hmm. No, here's what happened, right? In the fourth, Miles Straw made a great sliding catch, and it kept runners at, like, f- second and third. And then the next play was Stephen Kwan laser beaming a play at the plate. Love to see it. Um, fun stuff. Pitching analysis, Brian Shaw gets a second career start, second one this week, too, so things are going really well for us. Uh, not worth breaking down his performance in depth, but he goes two innings, a two-run ball on two hits and three walks and struck out one. It's Brian Shaw. He has a 5-6-3 ERA now. I don't know what to say. Karen Check pitches a scoreless third. McCarty gets another long relief appearance going three and a third innings of one-run ball on four hits, two walks, and struck out two. Luckily, he kept it to only one run because he was not commanding the ball well at all and had a lot of traffic. But, I mean, you can't really complain about three and a third in a bullpen game of one run ball. Uh, but it wasn't wasn't dominant. And then Morgan comes out for the final two outs of the seventh after McCarty gets pulled. He gives up one hit, but scoreless appearance from him, which he needed. Um, Stefan comes out for the eighth, gives up a hit, strikes out two. Scoreless appearance for him, though. And he seems all the way back, like we've kind of said. And then Classe comes out for his 23rd save of the year. He obviously converts it because what the fuck else does he do? Perfect inning of relief. Strikes out one. Uh, took him 13 pitches because he's different. Yeah. And then uh, Alex's special notes. Uh, High Heat Stats tweeted out that Jose Ramirez has 21 RBIs in his last 19 games for the Guardians. Which, uh, two, love that. Yeah, 216 Baseball Podcast who... Great source of information. Yeah, on definitely Twitter. need to follow them on Twitter. Uh, tweeted out from the radio broadcast: Guardians now lead baseball in outfield assists with twenty-eight. Holy hell! Uh, and then twenty-eight. Meisel tweeted, and I think yeah, Straw leads all of baseball with eleven. 
And I think Quan has Damn. seven. Just fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Zach Meisel tweeted out Emmanuel Class A. Remember at the beginning of the year when we weren't sure about our outfield? Yeah. And we've got, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we knew straw, but then that got dicey. But yeah, I mean, shit. Yeah. Uh, Zach Meisel tweeted out that Emmanuel Class A over the past two months uh, has pitched 29 innings, 12 hits, one run, three walks, 31 strikeouts, and a. 0.31 ERA. He's converted all 16 of 16 of his save chances as well. That is good. That is He's really a fucking good. God. Uh, and now we get to get into. Oh, is there more you want to talk? Well, about? I was just going to say real fast um, before we wrap it up is uh, just make sure you check out the merch store. Uh, plug that. The link to our merch store is in the episode description, wherever you're listening to this. And it's also in our Twitter bio. Make sure you follow us, 216BaseballPod. Yeah. Uh, we've got the all-star designs Paul snapped on. Uh, we also redesigned the All the Smoke uh, shirt for Naylor with our secondary logo and just, just tuned it up a little bit. It, it's crisper, better font, and just looks really good. And then obviously we've got the uh, Welcome to the Corner design, our signature, and the dog and him one. So mugs, shirts, male, female, long sleeve, hoodies, everything. Go check that out. Uh, little plug. There's a pillow. Yeah, there is one for the Welcome to the Corner, I think. Yeah. So it is time for the Who's Hot, who we which we haven't done in. Like, we didn't do the one. Uh, Wait, you don't, haven't done it in like a month. Well, I don't know about that long, but we didn't we do We took the, two weeks off. We and then we waited. I think the two episode we didn't we do took, it for the All Star break, and then we did. We took a week off of doing it, and then we took two weeks. We wow, that was a lot of numbers. Week. I think it's been like three weeks, basically. But yeah, we we, we didn't do it the the week of the All Star game. It doesn't matter. All Star okay. break. Okay, well, I'll then just the, agree with the you. episode. The episode after that, we said we're not going to do it because it's not a big enough sample size, and we've taken the past two weeks off. Yes. Okay. Sure. That's four weeks. Okay. I'm not even doing the math or challenging. I'm just, let's just get, so it's a complete fresh who's hot right now kind yeah. of thing. And these, these stats do, um, because we're delayed, do count both of the Diamondbacks games, which usually I carve it out, but I figured you guys would let me off the fucking hook because I was <laughs> not going to do that math. So nobody let Alex off the fucking hook. So anyway, now who's hot? I will shut up. Yeah, so who's hot? Uh, first player on the who's hot list, Stephen Kwan. He's going on with the B plus in his last seven games. He's batting three twenty three with a three eighty two OBP, a four nineteen slugging, and an eight hundred one OPS. Currently on a fourteen game hit streak, just going out there in the leadoff spot and doing his job, playing great defense. Uh, like I talked about with the Green Monster, got eaten up a little bit, but he's. Playing a very, very good left field. Um, Andres Jimenez is the second player going on, and uh, he's going on at AA. In his last seven, and A? Did I say AA? Yeah, I think you and A, uh, but A. You got it. Yeah, I think I might have said AA, but he's going on with an A. And um, his last seven games, he spent 348 with a 444 OBP, a 609 slugging for a 1.053 OPS, just batting out of his fucking gourd. Um, you know how we, we talked about how he played in the All-Star game. Uh, three stolen bases in one game on Monday. 
which that performance was nuts. Little spoiler alert, just going absolutely bonkers. Uh, OPS for the season is 864. Yeah. Pretty fucking good. That is incredible. He's getting borderline elite. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I just, he's doing everything right now. It's terrifying. Yeah. And I made a decision uh, about Classe, this next one. Yeah. Emmanuel Classe is on and he is S tier right now. Yeah. I, uh, I, I created the S tier because, like, I don't yeah. know what else to make him. So it says he never got taken off of the list. So he's going right back on. Uh, this is at an A plus even after the reset from the All Star break, but S tier. In the month of July, he made ten appearances, covering five, uh, converting five, all five of his opportunities uh, for saves. Has a point nine zero ERA, only one run has given up. Uh, had a batting average uh, against of point oh six three and a point four WHIP. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, uh, just absurd. His season numbers. Are a 1.22 ERA, 0.68 whip, 46 strikeouts, and 44.1 inning pitched. Uh, if he doesn't win reliever of the year, I'm I'm writing a strongly worded letter to somebody. Yeah, I mean it's not close right now. So yeah, like what the fuck? Yep, that probably didn't sound great. That's all right. Um, the who's not list? Cal Quantrill's going on at a D. In his last three starts, 16 and a third, uh, 6.06 ERA with a uh, 1.47 whip. Just hasn't been what we've known him to be. Not sharp at all. Giving up a ton of hits and some walks. Is getting killed by uh, home runs uh, with multiple two-run shots and a three-run shot. And like we've talked about, if you're going to give up home runs, you want them to be solo shots. Yeah. Uh, he has a 4.69 ERA and a 1.41 whip in his last seven starts. Yeah, so it's kind of a trend. That You know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to put that in there. So, I mean, do you think... I don't think D's too harsh, do you? No. I, I mean, that's kind of where it's at. He's in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, T-Mac, he's going on the who's not list at a C- minus uh, in his last three starts, 18 and two-thirds. With a four three four ERA and a one dot one two WHIP, uh, not terrible performances, but he has given up four runs and back to back starts, uh, and the home runs killing him too. Uh, his one run shot against the White Sox is carrying these numbers a bit. Uh, one run start against the White Sox, uh, but he needs to get locked back in. Yeah, and then, so I C minus just felt right because I mean, yeah, you know. It, I was surprised when I started crunching the numbers, but again, the one start, the last two starts really have, you know, would have been worse, but just not where we need him to be. And then third is Zach Plesak. He's on with a D in his last three starts and 13 and two thirds innings pitched. He has a 6.59 ERA, a 6.59 ERA, and a 1.54 WHIP. <laughs> Excuse me, I had a little something in my throat. Um, I threw up through, <laughs> I did get sick as fuck two weekends yeah. ago. Now two, one, two weekends ago, I, I got I sick as, this? yeah, I, and I did throw up. It. it was bad. I guess that's all <laughs> we don't have to talk about anymore. I just, it fucking sucked. <laughs> Zach I came Zach out of the bathroom threw. to Taylor. Like I <laughs> threw up. 
threw a clunker against Tampa Bay, going five innings, a five-run ball, did not have a great start against Boston, going five innings, a three-run ball, and only made it three and two or three and two-thirds innings against Detroit prior to the all-star break, giving up two runs. Okay. Yeah, so honorable mentions too is so I, I feel tough putting three of our starters on this. I mean, Cal has been scuffling. T Mac was borderline, but you know, felt kind of like it needed to go on. And then Plesak needed to go on, obviously. And, and this is more extended because we haven't had a list in a in in a while. Um, so especially with Cal and Plesak, like we said, with some of that longer longer look um but honorable mentions to most of our offense so i felt like it was clicking better i felt like ahmed's been going well feels like owens turned it around and obviously jose's been playing better but most of our offense except for the people we put on have like a six to maybe 700 ops tops like all of them i was really surprised when i was poking around i was like shit this sucks i mean you like, don't need everyone you don't need everyone to pop like you don't need everyone to pop off if everyone's just playing decent you know what i mean no i know i'm just saying i was surprised to see how many people were like 600 i mean straw i think has like a yeah. five a high five ops the last seven games that compared to what it feels like happening you got a high five yeah, OPS. High five. <laughs> it, it was a little high surprising five. so have you seen those commercials for wendy's there's a new wendy's commercial where they talk about it and they like, yeah, no, we do high fries. And it's like they're filling fry containers. And anytime they make fries, they give a high five. Oh, my God. I've not seen that it's yet, a, but I'm glad I haven't. One of my favorite commercials right now. That sounds like something you would love. All right. So <laughs> AL Central standings and wild card update. Um, this is I didn't keep it in a vacuum. I'm just. It, everybody knows what's going on. So this is through last night. This is accurate as of, you know, this morning, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, first place, 54 and 49, uh, four and six in their last 10, lost last night. We're 53 and 50 in second place. We're one game behind still. So thank you, Tigers, for beating the Twins. Lord, shine your light on me. Let's go uh, to stay one game back, five and five in our last 10. Uh, White Sox won last night. They're in third, 52 and 51. They're two games back, uh, six and four in their last 10. Detroit in fourth, 42 and 63. They are 21 games below 500. 13 games back, four and six in their last 10, doing God's work last night, beating the Twins while we lost. And then games. I know. And then KC is 41 and 63. They're 13 and a half games back, four and six in the last 10. I don't give a fuck about them. They don't matter. And then the wild card, we'll talk about any team again up to five games back. Um, so no, if, there's if a huge gap. If they're over 500. Oh, is that the rule? Yeah, you're right. Shit. I'm sorry. Um, so wild card for the AL. Toronto is in the first of the three spots with a four-game lead. Um, so they've just taken off. Then Seattle's in the second wild card spot, and they're a game up over Tampa Bay in third. Uh and obviously Tampa Bay is in the the third spot there. They've lost two in a row and they're two and eight in their last 10. So, um, welcome. Yeah. We could have tied them last night if we won, right? Because they lost and we lost. That sucks, but it's, we got what? 103, 59 games to go. We'll be all right. Yeah. And then we are the next team right out of the, right on the bubble. One game back. And then Baltimore game and a half back. White Sox two back, and then Boston I, I is two back. Would have put my life savings on Baltimore not 
being even remotely close to the wild card this year. Yeah, that's crazy. Still a lot of time, and they sold a bull, they Mancini and a bullpen piece, but I mean, yeah. they still aren't going to. I mean, they won basically this many games the last couple of years, and yeah. they got a third of the season to go. So, a little, um, little so more than a third. Guardians news get through this real fast. My computer is being kind of silly, so I might have to pull my phone out for some of it. Um, but Tuesday, Guardians perspective tweeted out that 22 year old catching prospect. Uh, Bo Naylor hit a double in the second inning uh, tonight for Columbus extends his on base streak to 16 straight games. Uh, he's currently hitting 312 average to his first 22 AAA games. Uh, and then uh, that was on Tuesday. And then Friday, Guardians perspective tweeted out that 22 year old catching prospect Bo Naylor just smoked a three run shot to right center field to give Columbus a three run lead. In the fourth inning, uh, for Naylor, it was his fifth home run in 25 games with the Clippers and 11th overall this season. God, it's going to be exciting to watch Bo and Josh hit back-to-back when he's hitting in the five-hole. Oh, It's going to be chills. I mean, he's yeah. just on a fucking tear, dude. Like, yeah. what is going Imagine on? Imagine that. Josh Naylor hitting in the four-hole and Bo hitting in the fifth. The Naylor-Naylor-Wombo combo. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say the other day it was, you know, the episode we had to scrap, unfortunately, just real fast, that I think he had two triples in one game the other day, which what the fuck? He's a catcher. I know. It's nuts. But Um, anyway. Wednesday, Guardians perspective tweeted out that uh, 23-year-old right-handed pitching prospect Tanner Beebe, right? Yep. Uh, Continues to dominate double A with six more scoreless innings tonight for Akron. Beebe is a 1.25 ERA and four starts with the rubber ducks. Uh, his line was six innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, four strikeouts, 75 pitches, 54 for strikes. Yeah. Friday is a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. Friday. Quincy's Guardians. high on him and he's popping off. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say? No, sorry. Okay. You know, maybe give me time to talk, and then I won't talk over you. Whatever. Some ninety-eight uh, percent of the time when I do this, you don't say anything, and I have to look at you to say something. You can suck I, my ass from the back. I wish you'd let me. <laughs> On Friday, Guardians perspective tweeted out the twenty-four-year-old outfield prospect Will Brennan uh, turns on turns on. Guardians perspective <laughs> with the typo. Yeah, turns on. On one for a three-run home run. I'm assuming that's what they meant to say. It says turns yeah. on on. I think it turns on one for <laughs> oh, a... Oh, he turned on on one. <laughs> uh, for a three-run home run in the seventh inning for Columbus. The home run was Brennan's ninth of the season, and he now has 83 RBIs over 87 games played. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> uh, Sunday... Uh, they tweeted out that 24-year-old outfield prospect Will Brennan extends his current hitting streak to 13 straight games with a line drive base hit to lead off the game for Columbus. And then uh, Monday, Zach Meisel, is this from The Athletic? Yeah, it was like a tweet, but it wasn't a tweet because I checked his Twitter feed. But yeah, I, I'm going to take this one real fast. So Keith Law is like the the dude when it comes to prospects. It's kind of seen as like the holy Bible of prospect ranking. He updated his top 60 in all of baseball on uh, Monday. And uh, we have five. So that seems good. 
Yeah. Valero, Rocchio, Espino, Gavin Williams, and Tanner Beebe. 20, 21, 24, 37, and 48. So pretty fucking good. And Naylor will make this list at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, and so. then Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 23-year-old right-handed pitching prospect, Tanner Beebe, was named AA Eastern League Pitcher of the Week. And we already went over his line, so I'm not going to say it again. Yeah, just popping off. Upcoming series preview quick here three games versus the diamondbacks we've already played two of those so far we'll give you the analysis next monday but split it thus far um and then four games versus the astros so the first uh the game today is at 110 and it's bieber versus some dude that i've never heard of uh what is it is it a 110 110 bieber versus henry who's making his first start but he's a lefty so he'll probably mow us down for seven innings because we suck and then we got four games versus the astros um, seven ten start tomorrow, which is Thursday. Uh, at home still, which is nice. Plesek and then Astros haven't released the pitcher. Uh, we haven't picked anybody for Friday. We got Quantrill going at Saturday and T Mac going on Sunday, and that's a twelve oh five start on Sunday. So, fun fact. Um, Diamondbacks are forty five and fifty six when they came into this one, and they were six and four in their last ten, but we're on a three game losing skid. Um, and we won that first once we made it four games, but then snapped it last night. Um, talked about, we were three games above 500 coming in. We've split the series so far. So we are still three games above 500 Astros 67 and 36 as of Monday. Um, I don't know how many games they've won here. What are they? They're 67 and 38. They've lost two in a row. Maybe there's hope. But they are a fucking powerhouse. They got Trey yeah. Mancini. They traded for Christian Vasquez for the catcher to get a little more offense. That situation was they weird are. as fuck. Yeah. So, they're, yeah, where they, they were talking was, to him. Boston was playing in Houston. After batting practice, Christian Vasquez was doing an interview. And then one of the team officials from Boston came over, grabbed him, took him down to the dugout because he had been traded to Houston. Yeah, it was weird. It was like he was the president and he was in danger. It was yeah. really weird. So, yeah, I mean, just survive. If we split against the Astros at home, I will be happy. They are literally top three team in baseball. Yeah. Like, God help us. At least we're at home. At least we'll get T-Mac. Uh, we won't get Beaver. That fucking sucks. So we're going to have a bullpen game. Plesak. Brian Shaw, At least we'll baby. get Quantrill and team. At God help us. Just split or don't get swept. Um, Brian yeah, Shaw's undefeated. That's pretty much that. Have faith. I know. Put put some respect on his name. Yeah, shit. So, but anyway, that's everything. Um, thanks for being patient, guys. With a little dropping that we dropped a bunch of content, and then just some stuff happened, and uh, appreciate it. But we are happy to be back, and we always go longer than we mean to. But uh, a lot of good stuff at the top there, and yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens the rest of the way. This season's still going. We're still in it. Just wish we made some. Made some moves, but it do be like that sometimes. It so, really do. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, and turn on automatic downloads wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Please consider leaving a review. It really helps us out and lets us know you're enjoying the content. And be sure to follow us on Twitter and TikTok at 216BaseballPod. Instagram, too. Sorry. Um, and we're going to be back next Monday to give you a breakdown of the Diamondbacks and Astros series. Guards up, baby. Guards up, baby. Let's go.